asking for things like these products to sell. I've had a lot of very generous people make donations and I wanted to give something back. You know, I don't want people just, you know, I like it. I appreciate it when people do donations, but I'd like to be able to give you something for your hard earned money so that you can support me while supporting true, honest journalism and you get something back as well, a product or something fun or something that you can hold on to to remember the moments that we are having together going through these stories. So we also have stickers, Shadowgate, hashtag Shadowgate bumper stickers and millennialmillie.com stickers. These are fun and exciting. Um, these will be up on the website shortly as well. You guys are kind of getting a little sneak preview into some of the things we've got going here, but we definitely have the t-shirts on the site, both men's and women's, and we have a wide range of sizes and selections. So moving on, let's talk about Shadowgate. So many of you guys remember Shadowgate 1 was huge and it caused this huge rippling effect and it really freaked out a lot of these private contractor corporations that we mentioned in the film. Many of them, their sites went down. We talked about that in the trailer for Shadowgate 2, how there was all this buzz. They started pulling pages from their websites, trying to cover things up. There's a lot of really bizarre, mysterious things that started happening. There was also some things being changed uh, within the FEC and within campaign records. So we're going to, you guys are going to get to find out more about that in Shadowgate 2. One of the things, ah, how do I talk to you guys about Shadowgate 2 without spoiling it? That is the trick. That is a tricky part there. But I guess I could tell you a little bit without trying to spoil it. I'm going to give you a little bit of teasers here. Um, It's going to really talk about how the military industrial complex has been the key group behind the Trump coup. I know we talked a decent amount about that in Shadowgate 1, but it's going to go further down there and it's going to further show some of the consequences of the military industrial complex being corrupt and how they go about misappropriating funds and how innocent Americans get caught in the crossfire and also how our own military troops get thrown to the wayside and how their lives are not valued at all by the military industrial complex and by these, these generals that just could care less about the wars that you know they don't want to actually go in there and win a war they want to perpetuate war so that they can perpetuate money and if that means making it so a bunch of troops are killed so that they can justify more contract funds then so be it if it means cheaping out on technological equipment that would secure and keep the identities of troops' locations uh, secret and safe, then they'll cheap out on that if it means getting to use that own, that own money for themselves personally. Um, you guys are going to get to see firsthand stories and examples of this. And you're also going to get to he- see never-before-seen footage from our whistleblower, Patrick Berge, Um, that he's never shown people before. 
which is huge. I mean, we're talking key footage in Iraq. You're going to love it. So I don't want to go too far down there without ruining that. But we're also going to be delving into fake news. We're going to be pinpointing um, fake news assets and pointing out some. And pointing out, more importantly, the corporations that fund them. Because it's like... Uh, it's like one of those those uh, things where if you just get rid of a, a, a fake news IIA asset, they'll just a new one will spring up in its place, maybe even two. So more important than even pointing out the fake news assets out there, you have to point out where the money's coming from and how it's all being done and what laws support the fake news and what laws were created to justify the psychological warfare that's going on in our country right now. Um, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the left and right paradigm in this country right now. And what people need to realize is that it is by design. You're not seeing right and left wing stuff going on here and thinking that this is all organic and natural because it's not. And everyone's kind of scratching their head wondering, what is this? Why are we seeing mass hysteria? Why are we seeing this, this intentional division? We, we definitely recognize it when we see CNN, Brian Stelter, and many of these left-wing Democrat fake news pundits and, and other left-wing news outlets, media outlets, fake journalists out there. But sometimes we fail to also see it on the right. And that can be a, be a bit of a problem. I mean, we were, I think many people were blindsided when we saw how Chris Wallace moderated the presidential debate between Trump and Biden. But if you actually learn about who Chris Wallace is, who his family is, you begin to realize, okay, of course, when you remember that there are also rhino Republicans, never Trumpers groups out there that have it out for Trump, not because, oh, he's a Republican or because any of the reasons that the left wing says about Trump. No, they have it out for Trump because they are establishment and he is not. Their establishment, he's not. It's that simple. That's why you have all of these military industrial complex generals, these war generals literally coming out. They are endorsing Biden. Isn't that funny that Trump is kind of trolling in a way the Democrats, the liberals into supporting a presidential candidate, Joe Biden, that is endorsed by all the war hawk military industrial complex generals? I thought the Democrats were anti-war, remember? Well, they're being duped into supporting a, a presidential candidate that is going to get them into more wars and that is going to feed these these war hawk generals all day with money, 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 money. Whereas Trump, he's always been, he has talked a lot about putting money into the military, but if you pay attention, the money he's putting into the military, that money is going towards the families and the troops. So the military generals, they don't like that. They would rather be going into big, giant private contracts 
so that the guys up top can get all the money. Trump wants the money going to the families, the soldiers themselves, the people that these Warhawk guys, these Warhawk generals could care less about. They they would spend their lives on the battlefield in an instant if it meant them getting more money. So that's another key thing as well. So there's going to be a lot of things here we're going to delve into with Shadowgate 2. I'm very excited. Um, it is pretty, I mean, I didn't feel like it was long at all. I wanted more. Like, I'm just like, I love this. And that's why we are having Shadowgate 3. Yes, Shadowgate is going to be a series. So that's exciting. A series, yay! Because as we go down this road, there's always more things that need to be covered. And one of the teasers I'll give you for Shadowgate 3 is that we are going to be talking about General Flynn. We're going to be exposing those who set up General Flynn and those that were working to destroy him and working to also go after Trump at the same time. So that'll be fun. And we also have... Okay, Shadowgate 2 is pretty i mean it's a great film it's pretty long about an hour and 32 minutes um so get your popcorn ready sit down get comfy relax enjoy yourselves and enjoy the information and the giant opening of your mind that you're going to have when you watch this film um you're going to start to see differently you're going to start to see the left right paradigm and how when you see how IIA operations are run and how they intentionally create these divisions so that they can control you and that they exclude the hidden middle. Um, they do that on purpose. And one of the best examples of that, I think, out there is um, how we're seeing the division between Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter right now. It's pretty obvious to most of you out there that this is not normal. Why is it like football teams? Why is it just Black Lives Matter? Let's blame these shootings of these people on racism, which really doesn't make much sense, okay? They're, they're turning it all into a race issue, especially, you know, looking at the case with Breonna Taylor. What happened to Breonna Taylor was a tragedy. It was very sad. It was a horrible, horrible situation. From what we can tell, Breonna Taylor, she was a nurse, she was a good person, and this is something that you never want to see happen to your family member, them being shot and killed. Um, but to say that it was racially motivated when the cops shot into a home without even seeing her and she got shot because essentially an officer's like firing into a shadow, it's kind of, it doesn't make sense to say that it was racially motivated when he, the officer presumably couldn't even see her race, okay? So that doesn't make sense, you see? And it's constantly making it this false issue of race and that this is these cops are going after people for race, okay? Which excludes the middle, okay? And then you have on the right-hand side, you have the Blue Lives Matter movement, which was primarily uh it, it seems as though it was a reaction in a way a natural reaction where people are like well there's a lot of really good cops out there 
hardworking Americans that are doing their best to police communities that need help. People want to feel safe. They don't want to feel like criminals are around, right? So you have that polarization over there where people then just jump right on board. Blue lives matter, blue lives matter. But in doing so, they ignore the police brutality aspects and the violations of civil rights in a way. So you're, you're having two polarized sides stubbornly stick to their guns with this division here fighting each other when I bet you if both sides weren't being controlled by these control, this controlled uh, false dichotomy, they would probably be able to sit down and have a discussion and might find out that the real issue here is, one, police brutality is not good. Bad cops should be the biggest enemy of good cops. Okay, if if you're you know if you're one of those people like I support cops. There's a lot of great cops out there. I've got family members, whatever. They are wonderful people. You know, the best way to support good cops is for those good cops and others to also hold accountable bad cops and cops that abuse their power or commit acts of brutality. We've seen many instances of brutal acts against people of all races, colors, creeds, and sexes. Okay. So oftentimes we see white men at the hand of police brutality or, you know, it doesn't matter the race. But one thing I will say is if you actually were to pay attention to any bit of disparity between who is more likely to be attacked or have a instance of police brutality against them more likely it is men who are victims of police brutality or being killed or shot by police than women it's, women are a very small percentage of instances of police shootings or police brutality so if there's any disparity there it would be men being targeted more by police brutality that's just according to the statistics Okay, but it just goes to show that this idea that it's a racial thing, it's not. Statistically, you look at the numbers, it's not. And to make it into that, it's a big disservice. And then to just blindly look away from police brutality, that's a big disservice. When we should be very concerned about the over militarization of police and that's a, another hint into what we're going to be talking about in Shadowgate 2. And that has to do with technological advancements in how they will be being introduced into policing and into the criminal justice system. So we talked in Shadowgate 1 a, good, a, a little bit about that towards the end. We're also going to be talking about that in Shadowgate 2 and getting more into that and more into how people are going to be being targeted. Now, if you think about what we've been seeing with social media, this is going to be my clue. We've been seeing how algorithms on social media have been put into place and originally the big tech CEOs assured us that these algorithms aren't going to be biased. Algorithms can't be biased, they say. 
they can't be biased. There's, it's going to be fair. It's, it's just going to be like going through and filtering things. And I think most of us probably believed them when they said that, but that doesn't even make sense now, does it? Because men, humans make algorithms and humans for the most part are inherently biased. I mean, give me a break. And we certainly know that Silicon Valley is full of a bunch of progressive liberals. So obviously they're going to have bias. So what happened when they enacted all of these algorithms on social media? Well, gee, conservatives started being targeted by social media and finding themselves in Facebook jail or Twitter timeout or getting banned or demonetized from YouTube for really no good reason at all. And oftentimes, they, these algorithms or these social media companies never give you a reason why. It's just, oh, that's it. Technology kind of just says what it says and you're banned. Like kind of how YouTube uh, demonetized my channel one day a couple months back and they just said harmful content and they didn't even point to a specific video nothing they just said harmful content and there was no way to review it or ask for some kind of explanation i've tried emailing them nothing no they don't have to give you an explanation right they say oh it's our company we don't have to give you an explanation okay sure and that's the reason why i'm not going to be premiering my documentary on your platforms because we saw what happened when Tori says uploaded Shadowgate one onto her YouTube channel. It generated over 3 million views within the first couple hours. And then YouTube just pulled it and deleted it. They said it was a hate speech. Okay. How can anyone tell me how Shadowgate was hate speech? I don't even think race or gender or any of that stuff that they use to justify censorship was even mentioned or talked about. I mean, made no sense at all. But what was also interesting was cool because you've got, this is kind of like me. I guess it doesn't have to be me. It's just someone, but it is pretty much me. <laughs> um Slicing through a swamp creature tentacle. Uh, with my microphone. So basically, I'm using free speech to defeat the swamp creatures and drain the swamp. And it's also got a little swamp creature here on the the Capitol building. And it's just the statement is that we, as citizen journalists, and we, the people, have the power to drain the swamp. I know a lot of people have always just been relying on only President Trump to drain the swamp. And I think that's kind of unfair. It's an unrealistic expectation on President Trump because that's a big task. That's uh, like over, I mean, that's almost like uh, 50 years or even a century of corruption festering in our nation. And we expect one man, one president in four years to just get in there inside a corrupt government while he's being attacked by the corrupt people and that we expect him to just fully flush out the swamp himself? I don't know. I think he's done a pretty darn good job of pointing it out. 
pointing out the fake news and he's gotten rid of some people and he's he's exposed some of the corruption he really has done a good job on that but i think it's unrealistic to just put all the burden on him i think we need to do it this is our country too you know it's our responsibility as americans and that's what i'm fighting to do drain the swamp and here's shadowgate another shadowgate t-shirt um pretty awesome i love the shadowgate graphic it's super cool and these are quality t-shirts this is like an eight color spot print very high quality uh we don't like i don't i didn't want to sell anyone low quality shirts because i've seen people sell really crappy prints before and um i don't like having i don't like wearing stuff that looks tacky so this looks very high quality it's the cream of the crop nice quality cotton shirt um so you guys can get these these are women's shirts that i'm holding up but we have the men's shirts so make sure you guys get them while they last because we have man i'll tell you what we put them up the shadowgate shirts up last night and they've been flying off the shelves they've been going 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 people are loving the shadowgate shirts so make sure you get them while they're hot i mean i don't know how long these are gonna last these might just be uh collector's items we might only do one run or or so but um like i said the purchase helps support my work it helps support our ability to work on for future documentaries and projects like one of the ones i'm going to talk to you about sunrise movement sunrise movement man people are like hurry up and release it and we are going to um it is going to be very long it is there's so much information it's just overwhelming you have to understand we've been having to go through so much and we've been having to cherry pick because obviously no one's going to want to watch like some super long video. And then we also have had to be careful. We can't. Some people have said, oh, just do just a massive dump. You have to remember, uh, there's a lot of personal private information that we obtained and we don't want to be releasing phone numbers, names, addresses of minor children that have been recruited into Sunrise Movement because we see them as victims of it. We don't see them as part of it because they're children after all. And children are being targeted by Sunrise. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. But yes, they're being targeted um, and they're targeting them in their classrooms especially in their virtual classrooms right now with all this virtual online schooling. Um, your child, you know, if you have a child right now that's in high school, it's very possible that your child has been exposed to Sunrise and has been promoted, you know, has had it promoted to them in a classroom setting. Um, you might want to ask your kids about it. Have you heard about Sunrise? Do you know kids in it? You know, this is something that they're pushing down the youth's throat because the idea here is to create a youth revolution of Green Party communist kids that demand at the end of the day, hey, new world order, uh, or I guess the new term, liberal world order. So let's, let's, um, before we get too much into Sunrise, I will say, um, it is going to be coming out soon and it will be out before the election. And we have some amazing people, you know, in there infiltrating behind the scenes, getting great video content. <laughs> They're so bold. I mean, AOC, Chuck Schumer, 
these people are literally just boldly doing whatever they can to help push these crazy street actions and revolutionary things to one, they're trying to undermine and stop the SCOTUS nomination, which, you know, hasn't been working very well for them so far. Um, but it's scary to see that our own congressmen and women or senators would be colluding with a cult that's targeting children. And that this cult, if you look at it, you follow the money, you follow the chain of command. It all links up to the EU and the UN. I mean, it's foreign, foreign meddling right there. I would think foreign meddling. So, all right. It's seven fifty-five. We are like down to the minute here. It's only a couple more minutes before Shadowgate comes comes out live on my website, millennialmillie.com. Um, you can also join millennialmillie.com. Uh, we've got a membership page. So you can sign up to become a member and that basically um, is $5 a month and it mostly just goes towards helping pitch in um, and support us so that uh, we can continue to do journalism. And there's an online forum. There's, um, you know, like you create your own membership profile and um, it's just a cool little thing. You know, if, if that's something you want to do, um, there's that. So, all right. I think I'm just going to, man, I don't want to do it sooner. We're down to four minutes here. Four minutes. I'm going to check the site to see if it's up yet. Let's check it. Let's check it. Let's see. There we go. All right. So let's check the site. Shadowgate 2.0. Full movie. All right. And like I said, here's where you guys can purchase the new Drain the Swamp t-shirt or Shadowgate t-shirt. Um, we also have a men's shirt here as well. Super cool. Um, and a, another women's shirt down here. But yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. But yeah, it looks like Shadowgate is now officially up on millennialmillie.com. That's Shadowgate 2. It's officially up on millennialmillie.com. So those of you guys who want to go watch it there, uninterrupted in HD, feel free to. And those of you guys who want to stick with me for my uh, movie night, uh, continue on my journey. <laughs> All right. So let me switch this around. Okay. Let me switch this around. All right, guys. The must, much anticipated moment is here. Shadowgate 2. Um, all right, guys. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is going to be exciting. I, I'll, I'll try not to interrupt you much. much okay? okay. I will I try. But like I said, don't get mad at me because I gave you the option to watch it uninterrupted on my website, millennialmillie.com. Okay. All right. Here it goes. Drum roll. Da -da 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 -da. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Let's make sure the audio is good. Hold on.
an online network called Internet. We've been talking for decades. World War III was going to be a cyber war, and everybody for the last couple decades had been saying, oh, we need to shore up our infrastructure, our power plants, our traffic signals, our hospitals, and those are all very true statements. But not a lot of attention was ever given to shoring up the hacking of mankind's shadow. When the first Shadowgate trailer was aired, a little-known anonymizer project called Ion 2 was scrapped. The first installment of Shadowgate demonstrated that the Shadow government consists of government contractors, defense, intelligence, security, and so on. On the day of Shadowgate's release, a well-planned, targeted smear campaign by media outlets and social media influencers was launched to distract away from the subtle panic the military-industrial complex was going through in the background. While everyone was distracted by my bizarre arrest and the mainstream media's hit pieces on the whistleblowers and myself, People didn't notice that the military-industrial complex themselves started pulling pages off their websites in a mad panic. The movie was actually about, you know, Dynology, Jones Group International. These people are pulling their websites down. You got the military-industrial complex shutting down for a day. It was like amazing you know everybody's pulling their websites and stuff the web pages of dynology jones group international clear force were removed modified and changed in what appears to be a cover-up the day the trailer for shadowgate 2.0 was launched where patrick revealed he was blowing the whistle on leone a military industrial complex psyops contractor then leone subsequently pulled pages from their website but why? What was so dangerous about Shadowgate and our whistleblowers that the documentary created such commotion and chaos? That is the subject matter for this documentary. Fake news, yellow journalism, and propaganda have been around for a long time. The term fake news previously was associated with video news releases, advertisements made to look like news. There aren't many kids who will pass up a chance to play video games. And when the holidays roll around, most kids start wishing for more. But it turns out this sort of activity might actually be good for your child. Too often, it's hard to tell just by looking at the package which choice is better for you. As customers walk the aisles, they'll soon see the Great For You label. You just choose one of our professional newsreaders and one of these highly impressive virtual news studios. Then send us your news stories together with your logo and any supporting images, and we will do the rest. 
Now, fake news has evolved into political spin. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey announcing plans to ban all political ads, deceptive reporting, and smear campaigns. When it was realized that then-candidate President Trump was likely to win the 2016 election, this new twist on fake news needed a boost. The Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012 allowed for U.S. citizens to be targets of propaganda. This opened the door for social media psychological operations to be used domestically within the U.S. However, IIA, or Interactive Internet Activities, the military nomenclature for social media influence operations, still wasn't legal to use domestically, but non-attribution techniques made it possible with little or no detection. With these propaganda acts that allow propaganda like the Smith-Munt Act, I mean, do you find that this timing was actually the military-industrial complex trying to regain control? Absolutely. Why did we make NPR? Why did Congress make NPR? Why did Congress make I remember, guys, the Smith-Munt Act, um, that also shows how the, there's uh, the left and the right colluding together, the same establishment left and right where you have Obama who signed it, but we had Republican controlled uh, uh, Senate and Congress that allowed it to even get through in the first place. So that's an issue there. Okay. It just shows how the right and left establishment are of the same beast. It's the left and right wing of the same bird. It's corporations for public broadcast, and they made it because they knew there was a potential bet with television and radio that either corporations or our government could maliciously use these technologies to do bad things to America. So we made these nonprofit organizations to hopefully provide some sort of a bumper, although those have been abused at this point as well. Why does this keep happening, Mrs. McGrady? Well, racism is like a disease. If you don't treat it, it's just going to get worse. You've got the Smith-Munt Act in 2012, which helped what was called provide IIA the keys to the kingdom. That was what we wanted, the keys to the kingdom, because it was such a problem for us. How do you disseminate information on a chat room with a bunch of Iraqis who are sitting in Iraq, but that chat room's on a server somewhere in the United States? How do you do that without violating American law? And plus, how do you do that with ensuring that an American's not going to see that post later on, which does not have attribution for it potentially, right, and be influenced by it because that's illegal. Well, everyone, good afternoon. Uh, on behalf of uh, Fred Kemp, our president, and the entire Atlantic Council family, dedicated or focused on countering propaganda and disinformation act. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with this year's presidential campaign. <laughs> yeah, when uh, John Huntsman came out back in March or so of 2016, trying to promote the Disinformation and Propaganda Act, focused on Russia. In the middle of the night of 2016, they come out with the Disinformation and Propaganda Act. It's a massively, uh, was 180 million, 
government program that's funding nothing more than the Atlantic Council. It funds social justice NGO programs to determine whether or not something's fake news. If you look closely at the writing of the act, under Section 2, Sense of Congress, it states the United States government should develop a comprehensive strategy to counter foreign disinformation and propaganda and assert leadership in developing a fact-based strategic narrative. And an important element of this strategy should be to protect a free, healthy, and independent press in countries vulnerable to foreign disinformation. There's only one problem. The act makes no mention of domestic propaganda and disinformation. One could argue that this act was done to prevent Russian interference in the elections. However, if sophisticated non-attribution and misattribution technology is used to make domestic propaganda and disinformation appear as though it is foreign, then these two acts together actually made domestic propaganda and disinformation legal, opening the door to sway elections and go after political dissidents in the name of protecting a free, healthy, and independent press. They say, well, we're stopping propaganda. We're going to stop this fake news. Who's going to stop the fake news and the propaganda? The government and the politicians? They're the ones who propagate all this. They're the worst uh, producers of fake news, and they're going to be in charge of watching us? Since the 2016 election, the use of domestic propaganda and disinformation through the dissemination of fake news on both sides of the political aisle has escalated to the point of nearly destroying our First Amendment, the Constitution, and the social fabric of our country. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. I think you get the idea there, what's going on. All these anchors and all these markets are required to read this script. Really, what it's doing, it's kind of like the Fox Fair and Balance slogan. Uh, it's a way of saying, we're fair, everybody else is biased. We're fair, everybody else is biased. <laughs> Russian oh hacking gosh. and meddling in the presidential election. That there was Russian meddling. That Russia meddled the Russian meddling. Russia's meddling. Russia was meddling. Isn't that funny how Brian Stelter just has to rub it in and look, see, Fox News and the right wing, they're the real fake news. And then it's like, just shut up, Brian. We can literally point out the exact same thing you're doing with CNN and all your fake news and how you guys all spew the same talking points. It's so ridiculous. It's But, of course, he would not resist that moment to do that. Um, I'm seeing some people commenting in the chats and people are like, you know, saying they think that I I'm saying that people um, can watch it on my site and pay for it to watch it on my site. Um, just to let everyone know it is up on my website, millennialmillie.com free to everyone. We're not charging anyone to watch uh, this content. Um, I mean, this is we're putting it out there for free for everyone so that the public can have access to this content. So it's free. Whether you watch it with me on the live stream or whether you watch it on my website, no one has to pay anything. So I see you lying fake bot trolls in the comment section and you're wrong. Back to the movie.
the only thing that can stop this is the full and complete exposure of the fake news industrial complex. Patrick Berge, a decorated veteran of both the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, has come forward as a whistleblower. In Shadowgate, he exposed Dynology and Clearforce for their abuse of power. Dynology, which developed a classified tactical psychological operations management tool through government contracts, commercialized it and made it publicly available as the Shadownet, a military-grade psyops tool that used Jungian psychology as a weapon, hence the use of one's own shadow against them. Ironically, the whistleblowers, the producers of the Shadowgate documentary, and myself came under such an attack. There is a viral, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a YouTube video or whatever, it's not a documentary that was produced uh, called Shadowgate. I don't know what's going on, but like they're not in touch with reality. Had I known how demonic this thing was going to be, I would have watched it immediately and dissected it immediately. I feel really bad. I feel like I could have stopped this thing from going viral. Ooh, so demonic, exposing the deep state. Ooh, sorry. (laughs) It's my task I want to do and I go shopping for money from billionaires and a lot of times these billionaires give me money to go do what i want to do to find out information they call me the hammer sometimes and you're about to find out why did ali plays behind the curtain okay let me go in do what i do clean it up really quickly and um bada bing bada boom i'm not gonna embarrass anybody who's distanced themselves from them But trust me, they don't got anyone on their side. I will call up some friends to dust off some accounts from the great meme war. And we'll see. We'll see who the OG is. This weapon uses a target's fear, imperfections, personal tragedies, past mistakes, anything embarrassing or defamatory. It is to first discredit, distract, and demoralize them ultimately dividing them from their support to destroy their morale. As a psychological weapon of war, it is extremely effective against the enemy. As a commercialized product, it is extremely effective against a political opponent. To better understand all of the commotion, we begin our story with the war in Iraq. These are opening stages of what will be a broad and concerted campaign. This is the second floor of the Hawthorne Palace. This is Camp Victory. Not much, but it's home for now. My boys, which today is their birthday. I gotta get them. It's a birthday today for me. Just turned, they just turned one about an hour ago for me. Anyway, happy birthday, boys. I love you very much. What is the Trans Regional Web Initiative? TRWI, basically that was an initiative to get America's message, right, who we are, what we stand for and such, out into Iraq and into other areas in the region. This is my walk back from 
using that mangy pincer right there. As you know, I got a case of emergency feed here in Texas. In 2004, a major public relations contract was awarded to IraqX, who later changed their name to the Lincoln Group. In 2005, contracts upward of $300 million for psychological operations were awarded to the Lincoln Group, Science Applications International Corporation, and Cy Coleman Inc., a subsidiary of L3 Communications. Lincoln Group uh, in 2005 was involved in the TRWI program, which ended up getting outed by a whistleblower for using government dollars, taxpayer dollars, to fund uh, and like contract journalists in Iraq. And remember, guys, Lincoln Project is a very corrupt organization of rhino never Trumpers that, you know, uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband. Um, he's actually one of the main members in it and he's a never jumper. So, um, it's pretty crazy. Um, but Kellyanne supposedly she supports the president, but, um, her husband is part of Lincoln project and it's just a bunch of never jumpers that are all hating on Trump and trying to undermine him. And they're a bunch of establishment rhinos. An enormous amount of information is being fed the Iraqi press both written television that is just plain factually wrong first place we don't know for a fact how and when and to what extent uh, money was given to journalists they do not support any practices which is not in keeping with the long-standing traditions of our journalistic profession in this country this is the front of saddam's or whatever palace. Wow, look at that. Inside Saddam's palace. Okay. You got marble toilet. <laughs> Three weeks into the invasion of Iraq, the famous toppling of Saddam Hussein's statue in Firdos Square was heralded by the media as a symbol of victory. But it was, in fact, a small event, shaped into greater significance by the media. So the symbolic Careful examination of those broadcasts and photographs suggests the crowd, which varied in size, topped out at just a few hundred. And it was to a significant degree composed of journalists and Marines. CNN replayed the toppling every 7.5 minutes. Fox replayed it every 4.4 minutes. Wide shots from the live coverage, which revealed a more subdued reality, were not replayed. The iconic images that shaped public opinion in America did not reveal the actual scale of the event. A visual echo chamber occurred. Rather than find the news, editors urged reporters to focus on what was unfolding on TV. Paying journalists a lot of money to feed, you know, stories kind of gets into damaging the whole uh, First Amendment, freedom of press, things like that, when you start paying journalists to push a particular narrative. Was BKSH and Associates a subcontractor? Yeah, they were a subcontractor, actually, of Lincoln Group. And who do you have with BKSH, right? You have many of the same players. 
John McCain says we're fighting in Iraq to plant the seeds of democracy. But the firm of his chief political advisor, Charlie Black, made millions lobbying for the world's worst tyrants. At the same time, the PKSH and Lincoln Group are building up these IAA contracts in Iraq. Uh, you've got others like Leone, like Jones Group, um, like MPRI, like L3, like GDIT, General Dynamics uh, IT, all of these people vying for hundreds of millions of dollars in literally IIA contracts. If you guys want to know who the deep state is, they are these people hiding behind these private contract corporations. They create all these corporations. Uh, many of them are generals. Many of them work in intelligence. And these are the people that are running the shadow government that think that, you know, they have more control over what happens in this country than even the voters or the American people. How did that become interactive Internet activities? Well, I think they wanted to really get away from uh, some of the dust up. I mean, several hundred million dollars in contracts were lost at that time in 2005. In fact, just a couple months after this first came out, this lady, May um, Shidiak, was almost killed in a car bomb. I uh, heard a blast. I felt it at the same time. I was still awake. I uh, saw uh, like a uh, black uh, snow falling over me. Against all odds, though, she survived. And actually, two other journalists at that time did die in car bombs as well. Why are journalists dying over there? Well, I'm thinking in order for the SIAP community to be able to properly disseminate a narrative or a message, they have to be able to bring journalists in and, and control journalism as well to avoid some of the deconfliction. What happens if they can't control a journalist? Maybe you end up getting blown up. The burned wreck of Daphne Caruana Galicia's car lies in a Maltese field, flung over a wall by an explosion which killed the crusading journalist. How far are you separating a journalist from a spy when a state, a government, is paying that journalist to do something? Russia's FSB security service has arrested a senior Ukrainian journalist for spying. Iran says Roxana Sabiri is an American spy. Her father says she's a journalist just trying to do her job, and he demands her release. There's a fine line between being a journalist and being a spy. In 2008, contracts in the hundreds of millions of dollars were awarded to Leone Industries for influence operations, public relations, and psychological operations similar to the Lincoln Project. And that's the key here, guys. you got to look at not just these fake news pundits themselves and what they're saying but you need to pay attention to who these supposed journalists or pundits are what are their backgrounds what are their family members backgrounds do they have a bunch of family members or spouses that are do they have a spouse that's like intelligence or do they have family member that are that are intelligence um are they themselves someone who uh, interned for the CIA like Anderson Cooper. I mean, you have to start paying attention to the key details here because you're going to find out the scary thing that many of these fake news pundits themselves have backgrounds.
January of 2010 to around April. They said that they had overspent, bringing like a financial shortfall. So they needed to save money. But they did it because they had mentioned something like $4 million that they had spent on other properties in Iraq. And the contract now required something else. See, they had brought us all in and had a meeting with everybody when this happened. Sad every everybody that was on the team brought us all into the room and said, hey, we got this problem. And I remember it being in the millions of dollars. I remember the equipment that I ordered, equipment specific to applications and stuff that were predetermined to be necessary for this mission, were changed by the HR department. Some woman in the HR department had the ability to modify all the equipment that I had ordered into something completely different. And by the way, not compatible with any of the stuff we were using. It ended up bringing like a financial shortfall. So they needed to save money. Um, one of the ways that they did that was having me secure a classified network with a Linksys home Wi-Fi, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do it. So good luck to you on that. That's what I had gone to them about saying, are you freaking people kidding me? And I'm the information assurance security officer. I'm the guy who's supposed to sign off on that. Not going to happen. There was just a lot of stuff going on, so much so that I, like I said, I had sent an email to my former IIA chief asking him what he thought I should do. They just ran a really bad operation. I left, uh, I resigned in disgust. Information that we were protecting got out. Absolutely, people would die. But then I found out just recently, the owners, uh, Camille Shidiak and I believe Rima DuPont, owed like $4 million in back taxes. It was an article by USA Today, two journalists, that exposed that resulted in Camille Chidiak attacking those journalists using fake personas, using fake websites, using it. So you guys catching on what's happening here? We're seeing that Leonis, they they have this uh, missing they, they they're missing four million dollars from their contract funds so now they gotta skimp out on the uh the routers and the security systems that are meant to protect military men and women that are in dangerous territories and so they want him to secure their location with a linksys router i mean you're catching on here that these companies do not care about the lives of our soldiers, that they would just do that. Like, oh, wait, uh, we are short four million dollars because, <clears throat> you know, people are having their own personal property tax problems that, you know, need paid high up on their mega mansions. But. Oh, well, if it means risking the lives of the men and women that go to these dangerous territories to serve our country. Oh, well, right. That's the brutality and the mercilessness of these military industrial complex corporations. It's disturbing. So keep watching. It's going to get it's going to get even deeper. 
using IIA, and I would add a third-party investigation also determined that they used highly advanced uh, anonymity. So are we talking highly advanced anonymity like you would get through Intrepid that has the ability to do not only attribution, non-attribution, and misattribution? Camille Shidiak had said he didn't use government computers, right? He didn't use government resources to attack those journalists. Attack them, I would add, in the exact same fashion that you were attacked by USA Today, right? So USA Today is an IIA victim. Shadowgate comes out. Then USA Today attacks you. They attack you for trying to report about IIA when they themselves apparently claim that they were victims of IIA themselves. You know, people attack us instead of actually looking into the things that we brought up. Camille Shidiak, co-owner of Leone Industries, a Pentagon contractor, has admitted to criminally targeting journalists for reporting on a failed Pentagon propaganda operation. Shidiak used dirty tricks reminiscent of the FBI's COINTELPRO tactics to target the journalists. But Leone's co-owner created a batch of fake websites, social media accounts, and a fraudulent Wikipedia page in an effort to smear the journalists. So let me get this straight. What you're saying is that Leone, the private contractor company that you worked for, misappropriated contract funds. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the owners of Leone owed all of this money and back property taxes for their big mansion, their privately owned home. Hollywood homes. Yeah. So this money somehow doesn't go toward secure systems that would protect the safety of American troops in dangerous territories. Mm -hmm. Instead, that money goes towards potentially home taxes or whatever. And yet these troops are now vulnerable because they're securing their locations with Linksys Wi-Fi routers. The vulnerabilities that you have on a $67 Linksys home Wi-Fi I can break that with a Pringles can from a half a mile away. This is all you need to hack into the confidential business files of many of the city's top companies and finance houses. A laptop and an aerial built into a crisp can will do the job. At the moment, most business computers talk to each other through a network of cables, but increasingly companies are installing cheaper wireless systems which use radio signals. Hackers can pick up any stray signals and access the secret information. And we're, in the, we're sitting here on a base built for contractors by contractors. It's called GV or Green Village, right just a few miles from Kabul International Airport. Yeah, it would be very easy to be able to access that information from the outside if you did. And in fact, not long ago, a few years ago, a big truck bomb took that whole place out. One of the interesting things that we found out just from looking at research, like right after you left and decided I'm out, I'm not doing this, we saw that these were some of the highest mortality death rates with our troops. So, we could then ask, I mean, how likely is it that these troops died because of this misappropriation of funds? I can do you one better. Do you guys understand the seriousness of what that just revealed there? That many, many lives were lost. I mean, I would say murdered. Murdered. 
by these corrupt military industrial complex corporations, these MIC corporations that just, you know, thought that it was more important for those funds to go towards someone's back taxes on their Hollywood mansion than it was to use the funds for what they were intended for, which was to secure the safety of these personnel, of these soldiers. And just watching that explosion, you know, how huge that was, you know that many lives were lost. And that, you know, those parents were, you know, given that bad news, that horrible, horrible news that you would never want to be delivered. Um, Those wives, those children that were family members to those men and women that lost their lives. Um, It's disgusting. It's murder. And these people that did this need to be held accountable. It's disgusting. How likely is it that when we left Iraq and General James Jones, retired four-star general, through his company, took the capabilities that we had developed, which ended up becoming ShadowNet and made commercially available. When we left Iraq and took those with us, leaving the Force Psychological Operations Group completely empty-handed, if we had the ability to still sit there, communicate, to understand what was going on on the battlefield, and to be able to communicate our message. But I do remember them trying to get us to stay. This is how the Awakening Councils or Sahwa fighters took up arms against Al-Qaeda late 2006 and the beginning of 2007 with the support and the backing of the American forces. They can be credited for contributing to the reduction of violence across the country. And keep in mind that what we did was help talk kids out of actually blowing themselves up before they do it, right? The children love to come and study. And we have elders here as well, because during the Civil War they couldn't study. And now the opportunity is here, so they can come and learn. How many people actually died? How many of our troops died because some kids strapped on a bomb that wouldn't have otherwise strapped on a bomb? But I would argue even more, would we even have ISIS? Would ISIS have taken over after we left? How many people died from that? You can't put a number on it, but you can certainly use your common sense and understand that people probably did. Without the help and support of the Awakening Councils, an armed group like Al-Qaeda still has the power to control towns and cities once again. Abu Hudayfa, a local Sahwa leader, says his house was destroyed recently by Al-Qaeda members. He warns that the withdrawal of U.S. troops will leave his fighters at the mercy of Al-Qaeda. The Sunni militia, the Sahwa, have been on the front lines. Sheikh Abu Salim, here in the black leather jacket, has led that fight in Samara, in the north of the country. But 20 days later, while the Sheikh was in Baghdad, the militants returned in strength and took their revenge on his family. Why is it you think that ISIS and Al-Qaeda have come back? After the Americans withdrew, we were neglected by the government, and Al-Qaeda became strong again. I have a letter from uh, the IIA chief back in 2010, just before I had submitted my letter of resignation to Leone. The IIA chief made it very clear. He's like, listen, this is how it works. You know, the the government, the, the military just lets 
contractors control everything. Because when that IIA chief, who's like a, maybe a major now, leaves the army, he's going to submit a resume to Leone, to Dynology, to Angility, right? And these people are going to pay them, uh, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars salaries where they were making sixty or eighty thousand. Like he says in that letter, you know, if you turn against them, you're done in the business, right? So don't turn against them. Just do the limit of what you're supposed to report. We'll get this worked out later. But everybody's just covering their ass. Uh, too often, many people just, they keep quiet, they don't turn against them, and they take the money. And uh, I'm grateful for Patrick Berge and his bravery and that he was willing to risk his safety and even come out and tell us this information. So thank you, Patrick. Taxpayer expense. You gotta love that one. We need very badly to understand that defense spending is very important and vital, particularly in the new challenges we face in the world. When I came back from the Iraq contract in 2008, the day of the debate between uh, McCain and Obama, Dynology was doing John McCain's IT security and social and everything, but also, um, also just like all sorts of security, right? So from blocking, from eavesdropping, everything. There were financial, filed with Federal Election Commission of several hundred thousand dollars to Dynology. Now, after McCain won the primary, then the RNC came in, pushed Dynology aside and replaced them with Manafort. FEC filings indicate Manafort comes on as the prime and then Dynology comes on as a sub. That makes sense because 3EDC actually shows on their website, if you go back to the Wayback Machine, they list Dynology as their number one partner at that time. And a New York Times article said that 3EDC, the company owned by Paul Manafort, didn't actually have any products, right? In Dynology, we had these products, but we didn't actually have salespeople. So at the same time, I'm making the ShadowNet flyers. I'm kind of actually wondering... Well, who are these flyers for? But I never knew. Kind of thinking maybe they were for Paul Manafort. While collecting documentation to verify Patrick Berge's claims about Dynology and 3EDC being involved in John McCain's 2008 campaign, we found something very disturbing. If you look at Berge's original FEC complaint about disbursements from McCain's 2008 campaign to Dynology and 3EDC, the link to the page referenced no longer exists. However, you can still find it on archive.org. But if you look at the pages that are currently available on the FEC's website, the dollar figures are significantly different, showing smaller figures dispersed to Dynology and greater figures dispersed to 3EDC. This suggests that sometime after Berge's FEC complaint and the release of Shadowgate, the FEC's own website was tampered with altering the financial relationship between Dynology, 3EDC, and McCain's 2008 campaign. This appears to be illegal tampering with FEC official records and reeks of electronic manipulation of official public records.
Both McCain and Obama's campaigns were riddled with alleged hacks, social media manipulation tactics, record-breaking fundraising, and allegations of fraud. In 2008, the Democratic National Committee sued the Federal Election Commission for failing its obligation to investigate John McCain's campaign finances. In 2011, the FEC launched an investigation into the financial records of Obama's 2008 campaign. In 2013, the FEC fined McCain's 2008 campaign $80,000 for exceeding campaign donation limits and not reporting all contributions. In 2013, the FEC fined Obama's campaign $375,000, the largest ever for also exceeding campaign donation limits and not reporting all contributions. With Davis and Manafort's 3EDC and Jones's Dynology involved in McCain's campaign, and with General Jones himself being appointed Obama's national security advisor, the bipartisan nature of the military-industrial complex influence over U.S. elections was never more transparent. Senator McCain knows me very well. Uh, I worked for Senator McCain when he was a captain. I've known him for many, many years. And with these new revelations, one thing is clear. This same syndicate of corruption is behind the coup against President Trump. Now, it kind of sounds like maybe General Jones was doing some double crossing. Because how odd is it to then nominate the person that was running your competitor's campaign Okay. Their IT security. Exactly. In that same conversation that I had with Jim, he'd mentioned kind of. So do you catch that? Basically, uh, General Jones was doing IT security for McCain's campaign. And then um, uh, Obama then swoops in offering this nomination and everything else uh, and steals General Jones away. Um, and. At that point, it's kind of clear to understand and see that they chose Obama, who the military industrial complex, because Obama was going to give them a better offer for standing positions. And that's how that works. That's probably why Obama won. Snarkily, that uh, McCain's email had gotten hacked after we had left. And he's like, that probably wouldn't have happened if we'd kept doing it. I didn't think about it at the time, but I know that both McCain and Obama's emails were hacked back in 2008. And Jim did make a point of mentioning that, that it was after Dynology or replaced by 3EDC. In a similar way, Tory claimed to have moved passport data of Obama, Clinton, and McCain off of a State Department server during the 2008 elections under the direction of John Brennan while she worked at Analysis Corporation and CGI. Now, uh, in the case of Senator McCain, we detected uh, earlier this year one of the same people uh, who accessed Senator Obama's passport file also accessed Senator McCain's passport file. What would be the point of that? What were they trying to hide? Well, if I removed it, that means someone else was there to replace it. There seems to be a common theme here. 
IT moving data from one server to another under the guise of an alleged hack, when in reality it's for damage control and blackmail. In the battle for power, democracy has a new front line. It's an online information war where often unseen hands harvest your personal data, tapping into your hopes and fears for the greatest political yield. We are not only the, the largest and most significant political consultancy in the world, we're used to, to operating through different vehicles in the shadows. Prepared, it seems, to ruin their clients' opponents through handouts and honey traps. Millie! You don't have any sources. It shouldn't be a big surprise that one of the biggest political operatives running disinformation and hit pieces about Shadowgate, our whistleblowers, producers, and myself, is a former McCain 2008 social media operative. I did do some work for the John McCain campaign, um, but and the 2008 convention. And Ali Akbar, a member of the Republican National Convention floor operations team. Well, as a party, we stand unified behind uh, John McCain. Your film alleges that Roger Stone is connected to Cambridge Analytica. Um, this is this guy just came out making a lot of crazy, wild accusations against me after the release of Shadowgate. You know, and he went out there making accusations against the whistleblowers, trying to discredit them. Uh, just wild things. I mean, the guy was trying to claim wild things. One of the things he said was he tried to say that I, I was running a satanic pedophile child ring and like the most wild, wacky stuff. And at first I'm thinking, why is this crazy? Why is this guy attacking me? It made no sense. Why is this crazy man attacking me? Just and the whistleblowers just coming out, just saying all this wild stuff. And then if you actually go through some of his video footage, you start to realize he's making um, admissions that he worked for McCain's campaign. Well, if you watch Shadowgate one, oh, my gosh, McCain was was uh, talked about a whole lot and implicated as one of the, you know, the main deep state actors. And so it's no surprise that this guy would come out against me and the movie, so to speak. And some of the things that were said were pretty vile. I don't want to repeat them, but I'll just say, isn't that funny how those who are coming out against me and the whistleblowers worked for McCain's campaign? Just saying. I pointed out that that's not true and it can't be true and that I have primary knowledge of that. Shadowgate revealed that Cambridge Analytica was a honeypot trap for President Trump to create the false appearance his campaign used Russian military-grade social media tactics to win the 2016 election, using misattribution technology to create the false appearance. It was so blatant because it was piloted at the same time that the RNC and the DNC were hacked. It was all formulated correctly. What I've said to you, it's all coming out, and the question is how. I didn't entirely leak Hillary's emails, and I have nothing <laughs> to do with Russia. So, yes. the fact is, <clears throat> it looks like I did both. <laughs> if I wasn't me, I would say yes, that's what it looks like. <laughs> they were supposed to sway it. 
because they were supposed to give up the goods to match the Russia hack. Why would they be running an IA operation that would be helping Trump win? Because then we just make it look like Russia was running the Cambridge Analytica program, too. And it admits to it right here. I am headed to. So. So do you guys get it? Um, they basically did the they did the hack using misattribution to then point it to Russia and to try to point it back on these other groups that they could try to tie Trump to to try to frame Trump. So the whole thing was a big frame draw job as security in case Trump got in. Which I'm sure many of you guys know this, but I'm just pointing it out to clarify to, to some. He was considered a weapon, um, weapons grade communications tactics. Well done, Brit. Looked quite tough and you did okay with a winky face, little emoji. Since their whole attempt to have him employ a company to help. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Not sure what happened there. I'll try to back it up. Um, seemed like the audio went down for a second there on the feed, so I'll try to back it up just a hair. Um, like I said, if you guys want to watch this video HD without buffering or audio issues or, or whatnot, you can watch it for free on my website, millennialmillie.com. It is free. It's up there for everyone to watch. So if you're getting annoyed with YouTube and all the buffering and craziness, uh, Feel free to jump over there. But if you want to stick it out with me, then, you know, stick it out with me. All right, let's go back to it. If I wasn't me, I would say yes. That's what it looks like. <laughs> they were supposed to sway him because they were supposed to give up the goods to match the Russia hack. Why would they be running an IA operation that would be helping Trump win? Because then we just make it look like Russia was running the Cambridge Analytica program, too. And it admits to it right here. I am headed to Washington, D.C. for my testimony for the Mueller investigation. I definitely didn't think that while we're sitting there counting votes that some of those votes were made by people who had seen fake news stories paid for by Russia on their Facebook page. Yeah, I worked at Cambridge Analytica while they had Facebook data sets. Went to Russia one time while I worked for Cambridge. I visited Julian Assange while I worked for Cambridge. Pitched the Trump campaign and wrote the first contract. I have an email from one of our senior data scientists that said that we were actually using Facebook-like data in our modeling. The methodology was considered a weapon. Um, Weapons-grade communications tactics. Well done, Brit. Looked quite tough, and you did okay with a winky face, little emoji. Since their whole attempt to have him employ a company to help him win and use these psychological operations that the left was using, I mean, they're doing it, we should do it, and he didn't. And that's in... The Mueller report, that's in the New York Times. There are several instances where he's rejected the opportunity to take advantage of influence, of, of influence operations, be it IIA supported or just your standard run-of-the-mill influence operations. I'm more connected to Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is a company that Bob Mercer owned. Bob Mercer has given me money in the past to conduct 
um, you know, certain political operations. So it's no surprise that this same political operative has been on the financial receiving end by the former owner of Cambridge Analytica. You called me an IIA asset, which no, nobody's ever pointed out what an IIA asset is. You made up a term. You made up a term. Nobody's ever pointed out what an IIA asset is. You made up a term so that people would cling on to it. You're a very nasty woman. What is the Lincoln Project? I looked at that and I'm like, okay, this is just an IA operation. George Conway is the, the founder, one of the founders of the Lincoln Project. But as soon as I scroll down below his name, everybody on there were like former McCain campaign people, McCain analysts, all these people from McCain in 08. The Lincoln Project and John Kasich, they've become faces kind of of the Never Trump movement. And according to the Washington Post, the Lincoln Project pledges to support a Biden presidency and actively work against Republicans who oppose the former vice president. If you look at the, the Republicans that they've been affiliated with in the past, folks like John McCain, John Kasich, John Huntsman. You have these connections to John McCain's campaign. When I say campaign, like the 2008 campaign. You have John Huntsman, who was in from 2014 to like... 2017, 2018, the chairman of the board of Atlantic Council. He actually endorsed the McCain campaign back in 2008. General Jones, my boss uh, and owner of Dynology, they were providing the IT support for John McCain's campaign. So you have all of these people tied together, organized, tactical, psychological operations being committed upon President Trump, along with McChrystal. So you got McChrystal, who's more like a, a Democrat. You've got General Jones, who's a Democrat. You've got all of these people that have taken these tools that were developed by the Department of Defense and using them to attack one individual. They are, in a very organized, tactical fashion, attacking our president. Think about the implications that Dynology and Anonymizer have since commercialized these weapons of war into products available to anyone who can afford them. We did a lot of work with this company called Anonymizer. Anonymizer, they helped provide some anonymity for us. We had built out a, a network called Ion, which you would actually think would be like a classified thing. But then I look online just recently, and I saw that that company had taken the Ion network, which was Dynologies. We had actually developed that and such. But they've taken that proxy, non-attribution, even misattribution capability, and made it available commercially. What is ION? So ION was basically a non-attributional network. It helped uh, provide the anonymity, uh, non-attribution, misattribution capabilities. If I'm representing myself as someone who's living in Baghdad and I'm in a chat room or something where the admin of that chat room can look at my IP and say, oh, he's in Virginia, you know, he's going to say, okay, what's up with this? It's the same with hackers. They can make it look like a hack came mm -hmm. from China or came yeah. from some other or even from Russia, right? Yeah. By making it look like the IP address was from that region when anyone could have done it from anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I can make it look like I'm coming from I'm anyone coming from anywhere. I've had these capabilities tested out with all the different agencies. So I know they're pretty solid and it's always changing. There are literally organizations out there that build these capabilities. Taxpayer pays them to build these technologies and build these capabilities. And then they turn around and they license them for commercial availability. These so you guys are catching that, right? 
basically, how ridiculous is it for the Democrats to create all these talking points that Russian bots were the ones that, you know, they're behind all of this election meddling and everything else, right? When they know, they should know that the military industrial complex has developed for the military through private channels and then sold into private commercial channels technology that clearly can do misattribution and to anonymize hacks or accounts or bots, so to speak. So to try to claim that, oh, Russian bots, well, anyone that has this technology can just make it seem as though they were Russian accounts when they could be coming, like you said, from Virginia. They could be coming from our own backyard. Um, it's, yeah, it just points out how ridiculous this narrative that the mainstream media and that these swamp puppets created is. Technologies were demonstrated to exceed the U.S. intelligence community's ability to pinpoint their source of origin, the ability to undermine U.S. national security, and the interests of the American people is staggering. It just seems so wrong that all of these military weapons that were developed with taxpayer dollars were somehow able to be put into the private sector so all these private corporations could profit off them and use them on Americans. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, and, and then how does that impact uh, national security? Because the government hires these companies to develop non-attribution, misattribution, proxies, so that we can not be seen. And then they sell them to presumably people who we could be trying to watch, right? So it's making our job even harder. We're building these and then we're turning around and selling them to our adversaries. How does that work? And then what are we going to come back to them and make them something that has even better anonymity? Because now these guys are, I mean, come on. Well, this just sounds like the MO of the military industrial complex, doesn't it? How did anyone from the 17 intelligence agencies determine that Russia hacked or interfered with the election through social media influences when these non-attribution and misattribution technologies could make it appear Russian just as easy? Since Russia has similar capabilities and wouldn't be so stupid as to leave attribution, election meddling, pointing directly at themselves. Just like with a tangible real-life murder or crime scene, there are hallmarks and mm. tracers that go along with digital attacks. There is a bipartisan commission that has agreed largely that all of these point back to not just Russia, but the GRU. And when we take the, the MO and this hybrid warfare, which is kinetic attacks with psychological attacks with digital infiltration or what we call hacking, we have a pretty good indication that Russia was responsible for the U.S. election meddling or interference and in this hybrid war. The hybrid comes from using cyber to infiltrate and attack systems and then using social media to fracture and fragment uh, uh, democratic supporters and, and those who mm. live within the democratic institutions.
with the modification to the Smith-Munt Act of 2012 and the Foreign Propaganda and Disinformation Act of 2016, Dynology Anonymizer, now intrepid, could technically interfere in the election. U.S. intelligence officials are warning of a new election interference threat, and it's coming from the same source. On behalf of politicians of their choosing, by masking domestic propaganda and disinformation as foreign. Multiple sources tell CBS News that intelligence officials warned lawmakers and the White House that Russians are continuing their efforts to interfere in the 2020 election. In Emma Brandt's Pentagon Jiu-Jitsu, Reshaping the Field of Propaganda, she writes about the struggles between 2005 and 2009 when planners sought to alter foreign and domestic audience targeting norms. Let's talk about Pentagon Jiu-Jitsu. What is the academic significance of that paper? The moment I read it, I was like, wow, this person knows exactly what's going on. So we started to see, you know, them doing these big data projects for the military and so on. And it, it started to change the, um, the, the kind of target audience analysis, how those uh, groups were being profiled by the military, then was being taken out and deployed in elections. These firms are um, working in multiple domains. You have commercial um, data use, you have um, uh, military data use, and you have political data use in the same company. And we have no regulation over what is happening in the United States. They knew all the acronyms. They actually knew what IIA was. Oh, my God. Somebody actually referenced the military nomenclature for everything everybody's been talking about the last five years. I found it interesting that she was trying to show people that there was a war that was going on between the PSYOP community and the public affairs, the PAO. Policies were brought in to coordinate and overcome discordance in foreign domestic messaging by psychological operations and information operations personnel. Rhythms that would allow us to deconflict and coordinate and ensure that we weren't committing information fratricide. So how creepy is that? That you literally have psychological warfare weapons developed by the military that then were sold commercially being used on American people and on journalists, on anyone in this country that they want to sway. And they want to uh, run an operation on, even on the president. That's a scary, scary thing. Um, it's, it's just, I don't like it one bit, and neither should you. It's disturbing that they would be doing this. But, you know, what do you expect? Especially when this is all about money and profit, and they sell it commercially. Um, and how creepy is it that everyone has these devices now, these cell phones, social media apps on their phone, and you will even see how rel- like you're talking about things in your life. And let's say you're talking about chocolate or you're talking about um, puppies or I don't know what, right? And then next thing you know, you start seeing that in your feed or you're talking about uh, you have a headache. Like this was me the other day. I was talking about, man, I feel like I've got a headache or a migraine Next thing you know, I'm being targeted with migraine ads, literally. And I I don't think I was ever targeted with migraine ads before. And it was just really creepy. So we know how sophisticated this technology can be. So it's really concerning when uh, you have 
psychological warfare weapons that were developed using some of the top psychiatrists and psychologists in our country, okay? Figuring out how to hack someone's shadow, someone's psyche, okay? To psychologically dig at someone to get them to do something or not do something. So using this technology, think about it this way. If they can use IIA to get a young child in the Middle East to not strap on a bomber vest and go blow themselves up, what do you think this technology could do in the wrong hands? Do you think that they could maybe convince a young kid in high school to carry out a mass shooting per se or what else okay it's disturbing it's scary and it needs to be stopped because they are using weapons on us and on our fellow americans and using it to sway elections to sway public opinion in a way that they see fit it's disturbing Practices became ultimately coordinated to ensure messages would not contradict and to maintain strategic control of messages for different audiences. Legislation was amended in 2012 to allow public diplomacy propaganda previously restricted domestically to be disseminated within the United States. Covert PSYOP messages were increasingly entering the domestic media. Protection of independent journalism and oversight of private contractors wielding algorithmic warfare have never been more important. Notice Bryant makes a clear distinction between independent journalism and private contractors wielding algorithmic warfare. Amid concern over fake news, as Mirad actors grapple to dominate amid complex informational threats, audiences lose autonomy in their legitimate claim over this space as vulnerabilities are exploited. Whether domestic or foreign, when seen as information terrain or operational battle space, people are not sufficiently considered as also actors holding equity in the information environment of their own minds. Let me repeat, People are not sufficiently considered as holding equity in the information environment of their own mind. Let's call the PAO journalists. Because if you're an American and you're a journalist and you're working for the PAO and you then leave there and go to work for someone else, like let's say USA Today later on, and you were paid to write articles for the PAO in the military, or let's say you're in the Navy. Let's say you work for a public affairs office in the Navy. And let's say you're paid to do a certain narrative or put a certain story out. And then you leave that job. Can you be trusted having been paid to disseminate a narrative before by the Defense Department to be sitting in that chair telling people what they're supposed to be trusted to believe. So when the PAO pays someone overseas to disseminate a narrative and that person comes back and goes to work. What we're defending is the people's right to know. As a journalist in the U.S., how do you know? Their trust has been destroyed. That was the argument Emma was trying to make in that. That was the argument that the PAO, the Public Affairs Office, that was the, the debate they were having with the PSYOP. If you are damaging the credibility of our establishment, then you are endangering 
First Amendment protections. You're endangering freedom of the press. You're damaging the Constitution. If we continue to accept or even participate in the use of military-grade psyops by mainstream media, social media influencers, and bloggers alike, in order to control the narrative and counter-narrative, we risk not only losing a free, healthy, and independent press, but we risk losing our minds. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. Mainstream media, or legacy media, has a long history of intelligence operatives and their prodigy running the news. Mika Brzezinski, her father is, you know, the father of influence operations and psychological warfare. A towering figure in American foreign policy, an extended member of the NBC News family as well. Zbigniew Brzezinski. Jill Turner, Fox News host, was also vice president of Jones Group International, doing an interview with her old boss and my old boss. Chris Wallace's father, Mike Wallace, was a Navy communications officer. I'm Mike Wallace. My name is Mike Wallace. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Mike Wallace. You've said that you could do a better job at negotiating an arms control agreement with the Soviets than some of these professionals who've been trying to do it for years. I didn't say me, Mike. I said somebody has to do it. If it were me, that'd be fine. I could do it. You, somebody has to help this country. And if they don't, the country and the world are in big trouble. Anderson Cooper interned with the CIA. Hey, Anderson, we had a great interview last time. I was wondering if you get a chance to look into Operation Mockingbird. I, you know what that is. You're talking about something what, from the 1950s, dude? 1970s, official declassified program how the CIA infiltrated the mainstream media from the higher up. Right. It's declassified. I read about it in college, yes, I do. Nice. The View is a classic example of IIA, having so-called Republican Never Trump. Yeah, notice how Anderson Cooper tried to play that off like, oh, I read about it in college. Yeah, you also interned for the CIA in college, but at first uh, you tried to play that off as though you just somehow, oh, yeah, I just grazed across it and came across it in college. Yeah, you interned for the CIA. Give me a break on a liberal-based program, like Meghan McCain, the daughter of John McCain, whose 2008 campaign is connected to nearly everyone involved in the coup against President Trump. We are back with a man who needs absolutely no introduction. Joe Biden himself is here. You may remember when you were a little kid, your dad took care of my bull. And Abby Huntsman, the daughter of John Huntsman Jr., who was instrumental in the Countering Foreign Propaganda and Disinformation Act of 2016. Please welcome live from Russia, mm -hmm. Abby's dad and serious? U.S. ambassador <laughs> to Russia, John Huntsman. There they are. However, influence operations are strong within alternative media as well. How many IIA assets are you aware of? 
are in social media as influencers? Just doing the math on what I knew for a fact in ways that I cannot always, in ways that I can't extrapolate any further on. But if I expanded that out logically to different countries, you're talking like in the thousands. In a report I did titled Exclusive Deep Inside a Leftist Troll Farm, it has now become apparent that I was reporting on an IIA operation. I just didn't realize it at the time. We were able to watch this troll farm in action. Our undercover also gained access to detailed instructions about meme generation and content to troll. We discovered these trolls were posing as right-wing extremists spreading anti-Semitic sentiment, while at the same time playing the side of the left, essentially acting as Sock Puppet A and Sock Puppet B, aimed at controlling both sides of political discourse. What at first appeared to be mere trolling, promoting a particular political platform, turned out to be a more serious operation engaged in deception and political subterfuge. So discord within Trump's base. Sock Puppet A to push narrative that Trump will drain the Israel swamp. Sock Puppet B to push narrative that Trump is an ally to Israel. Color the website as hateful by pushing over-the-top racist and divisive posts that make no real contribution. Flood alt-right Twitter sphere with praise for Andrew Yang until the disclosure as a show of power. When we infiltrated the Yang gang, the operation had to move to the Groypers carrying the whole thing. Let's not forget, Oliver Darcy started tweeting exact talking points, lock and step on time with the Yang 2020 Discord instructions. Okay, so yeah, do you guys remember that? The the video deep inside a leftist troll farm? That was insane because what we were pointing out here is that these Yang trolls and and people part of this same Discord of Yang trolls were also sending bot attacks to go on my my own videos and other right-wing videos um, platforms to troll us and essentially put a bunch of anti-Jewish and other racist comments in the thread. And they were using some of the same catchphrases over and over repeatedly. And we just by chance were, you know, because we were investigating in-gang, we found in this discord that it was the same activity and that we actually found them targeting my video. They put a link in there and they actually targeted my video and many other conservatives platforms. They were targeting uh, other news outlets, right wing outlets at the time. And that's what Oliver Darcy was trying to do where he was um, essentially trying to make the argument that look, because these right-wing channels or reporters, news streams are generating a bunch of anti-Jewish or racist hate in their comment feeds. That means that these people are instruments of hate and therefore they need to be banned. So that's essentially what he was arguing here. And then, oh, we just find out that this is all 
a discord chat operation where you have all these bots going in there playing left and right because we also saw that they were playing leftist accounts as well stirring things up with the right wing people and playing the fake right wing fake racist accounts um, to justify censorship and it was all an IIA operation. At the time, I didn't know it was an IIA operation because I didn't know the correct terminology. I knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't normal. But at the time, that was what I was working with. So let's keep watching here. Yeah, look, see, just go to some of the far-right websites in the U.S. and look at the comments and message boards. Breitbart, Gateway Pundit, Infowars, and look, many... Uh, reprehensible comments from users on stories so he was trying to argue these media outlets and also other journalists should be censored because they were creating an atmosphere for hate speech and racism when these were just a, this was a concerted effort of bot accounts and others using uh, misattribution and fake accounts to create that narrative What's scary is that a new argument could be made regarding this particular IIA operation, which involved useful idiots in both far-left and far-right extreme groups used to push Yang 2020 through memes. What's the difference between a knowing asset and an unknowing asset? You're going to want to have the least amount of people that know what's going on, the better. And in fact, if you're running, a, if it's a government operation and it's classified, you're not going to be able to tell someone because it was classified. Actually, you'll find that most people don't really know any of what's going on above them. Or if they know anything, it's only a very small amount. Few people like myself and Jones or somebody who absolutely have to be involved in creating it. Um, are going to have the understanding of all of these things. If you're doing it, okay, I get it. Everybody's kind of doing it at one point. If all the Democrats are doing it, how are Republicans supposed to win if they don't do it? So at this point, you got everybody. Who cares who started it, right? Everybody's doing it. But it's getting really bad because they've lost all empathy. They've lost all understanding of humanity. They're starting riots in the streets. They're journalists running in and getting themselves arrested. They're actually becoming the news to create the news, to, to generate more clicks. Useful idiots pushing fake news stories generated from, let's say, Chan boards or fake news websites or bogus blogs could serve as the case in point for government regulation of free speech and journalism. This could destroy the First Amendment through a synthetic fake news problem, giving the government a new tool for targeting political dissent. In other words, weaponizing censorship. Sound familiar? Do you think it's pointless to out all the IIA assets? Um, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. You take one out, just be replaced by another. They're a dime a dozen. So we, you need to take them out. You need to take the funding source out. Let's not forget who's working with Facebook to target fake news in the name of preserving the integrity of elections. General Jones was uh, tapped as um, the chairman of the board of Atlantic Council by to replace Huntsman, John Huntsman.
one of the first orders of business that um, he did with the Atlanta Council was to create a partnership with Facebook. Facebook partners with General Jones at the Atlanta Council to restore election integrity worldwide, right? So the best out of 7 billion people on the planet, Mark Zuckerberg picks the owner of the shadow net. How did anyone ever determine that the Russians hacked the DNC server? Oh yeah, we're supposed to believe that the Russians left breadcrumbs out there so that the 17 intelligence agencies could determine it. 17, 17 intelligence agencies, civilian and military, who have all concluded that these espionage attacks, these cyber attacks come from the highest levels of the Kremlin and they are designed to influence our election. This turned out to be false and the mainstream media had to issue retractions and fire people, remember? As you know, the IC was a coordinated product from three agencies, CIA, NSA, and the FBI, not all 17 components of the intelligence community. We're going to speak to Chris Slow, the chief technology officer at Reddit, and then we're going to go to Renee DeResta at the Stanford Internet Observatory. We'll talk on the phone with John at the Oxford Internet Institute, and then Jeremy Blackburn at the iDrama Lab. It's a group of scientists and academics that use math and science to try to detect this stuff. Okay, so this guy went into depth to find out. Is there some type of large-scale, coordinated, inauthentic activity on Reddit? Is that a thing? Yes, absolutely. Jeremy and the iDrama Lab team were able to create a report with fascinating implications. This yellow line is what we're interested in because it's Russian troll activity on Reddit. Troll activity seems to slow down for a while, and then when the moment is right, in this case right before the 2016 election, a percentage of these accounts surge into action and try to influence society. However, if you actually read the academic paper, Who Let the Trolls Out, it says, although the exact methodology used to determine that these accounts were state-sponsored trolls is unknown, based on the most recent Department of Justice indictment. Wait a minute, but then how does this paper go on to make any claims about who was running these troll farms? The data set appears to have been constructed in a manner that we can assume essentially no false positives, while we cannot make any postulations about false negatives. Say what? In other words, because non-attribution and misattribution technology, these trolls could have been coming out of Virginia, where Dynology is, where Clear Force is, and where the 91st Cyber Brigade of the National Guard deployed the ShadowNet last year. Furthermore, if you look at who has funded this academic paper, it says this project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation, which is the European Union 2020 flagship initiative aimed at securing Europe's global competitiveness. Hmm, I wonder which presidential candidate in 2016 was pro-EU. That's why we are discussing possible negotiations with the European Union. In any case, we need to work with US, we need to engage. 
probably under the new administration, under the new administration, because we know that uh, uh, Trump administration is unfortunately supporting this unilateral action. However, if we consider the very likely scenario that these trolls are IIA and that the contractors like Leone, like Dynology, like McChrystal are operating, then this data becomes very intriguing. For one, we can see there are some meaningful peaks in account creation. Between July 3rd through 17th of 2016, which was right before the start of the RNC, which was July 18th through the 21st, where Donald Trump was named the Republican nominee for president which was also when Manafort took over the Trump campaign, which we know was the entry point for Trump's campaign to almost get snagged by the Cambridge Analytica honeypot scheme, part of the plot to create the illusion that Trump was elected not by the American people, but through Russian interference and election meddling. If we look at the troll farm activity during the Charlottesville riots, we see that 190 accounts were created between July 2017 and August 2017 during the run-up to the infamous Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Taken together, this might be evidence of coordinated activities aimed at manipulating users' opinions on Twitter with respect to special events. I was there at Charlottesville, observing what at the time I called a deep state operation, which I now recognize as an IIA operation. It's important to know why I went to Charlottesville. I noticed some irregularities surrounding the original Unite the Right event page. I noticed a lot of troll accounts on there from both extreme right and extreme left accounts pushing different narratives. I saw the media pushing a bizarre narrative. Everything was working up for some big crescendo, and I just knew that I had to be there to figure out what was really happening. It has been hijacked by these media outlets, by the Antifa, and now the alt-right agitators. I'm an internet troll. That's all we're here to trigger them. I want George fucking Soros to send me my check. I'm an outside agitator. This guy, I recognize him. He was at the RNC. He's a he's a organizer for Occupy. The rally's organizer, Jason Kessler, he says he attended Occupy Wall Street event. I'm kind of a free agent. You know, uh, I kind of bounce around. Uh, I got a few uh, friends from every group. I'm kind of on my own. I, I don't know. I, I just want to be able to, I don't want to have these loyalties to one group, you know, so I can do whatever I want to do. Democrats or Republicans, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as the check clears with these people, they will work together. I just wanted to say one quick thing on Charlottesville. I said that this looks like the deep state was involved in it because it looked like it was a huge setup. So much for foreign propaganda and influence. We're actually looking at domestic propaganda and influence to control our elections. If you can make a a conversation into a two-sided thing instead of a three-sided or four-sided, whoever-sided thing, it becomes much easier to control it, right? If there's two very clearly opposing points of views, black and white, uh, now it's easier to control the narrative because people get locked into one of those points of views or the other. Should we be surprised that this YouTuber seems to know so much, yet skirts the line, somehow avoiding a subject everyone in this video should know about if they are experts on social media manipulation? 
Administration and Influence Operations. Effective social media weapons, which can then be deployed to understand how these disinformation campaigns work. This particular troll operation was underway. What I think you're talking about is information operations. Sebastian Bay works for the NATO Strategic Communications Center of Excellence. NATO is fully aware of the destructive nature of social media manipulation. We have a team of investigators, and these are people who come from everything from the intelligence community to law enforcement. If the bad actor and the good actor are Oh, you get to change the battlefield at any point you want. Exactly. Military is aware that this is a big deal. They know it's a big deal, and it's hard to win a war without a map. I don't know if it's ever been done. That's pretty good, dude. (laughs) Sorry, but that looks way too much like IIA conducted by a public affairs officer as part of an information operation. For the past 15 years, I have been a federal employee, um, specifically something called a Department of Defense civil servant. Just because I'm not a journalist, I'm not a politician, I'm a rocket engineer. We, the men and women of the Army Test Evaluation. So how many of these online YouTubers or journalists out there do you think are just, you know, citizen journalists or people that are just trying to investigate and they're actually working in intelligence and working for the government you know i mean it isn't that interesting and it's it's funny because a lot of them actually end up admitting it um so that's something interesting but many of them probably don't so how many people out there do we think are just regular people like you and me and they aren't uh it's a creepy thing but you know notice how much they seem to know about this information, but how they tailor it to fit a, a particular narrative. And then they leave out the whole capability of mitch, misattribution and try to pin it all on like Russian hacking and Russian bots. I mean, it's just another example, guys, of how intricate this all is. With the job of protecting soldiers by testing their equipment. Wait, what? This is getting ridiculous. So let's look at the IIA picture here. On one hand, we have the left, which is pushing the Black Lives Matter narrative that there's a major problem with police racially targeting African-American men and killing them. Protesters turned out in droves, many for the first time to call for change in a system they say discriminates against black Americans. Then we have the Blue Lives Matter on the right, pushed by conservatives, where you're beefing up and trying to get more funding and resources to the police. With violence against police officers on the rise, a growing number of states are passing so-called Blue Lives Matter laws to classify violence against officers as a hate crime. In IIA, it's important to have a false dichotomy. False dichotomy is also known as false bifurcation or the either-or fallacy. Basically, what this is, is claiming that there are only two options when in fact there are more. So that both sides are fighting against each other and neither side is actually putting forward a valid solution. A protest in support of police was met by counter protesters angered by incidents of police violence. As they marched towards the 6-8 precinct in Bay Ridge, the two sides clashed. When you make it all about race or you make it all about just 
blindly supporting the police in everything they do, you're excluding important conversations that need to be had to protect Americans' rights and civil liberties. The left and the right coming together to talk about police brutality and people having their rights violated as a whole. And in excluding those discussions, you're allowing for the establishment bulking up and beefing up the police while using technological advancements in algorithms and AI to further control the American population. They are now even saying, and they have articles written on this, about how we need to move towards having algorithms make decisions whether or not someone gets released on bond or risk assessments, whether or not a police officer should use deadly force or should be concerned about their safety based on these algorithms. They're saying that this is the solution to the racial bias that these police officers are inflicting on people. This is their Hegelian dialectic, so to speak. Some departments are also considering drone surveillance and body cameras equipped with facial recognition technology. This video from the maker of an AI-powered body cam demonstrates how the technology could be used to find a missing child. Not shown how they could use it to track suspects. Meanwhile, cities across the country have embraced a predictive policing approach that focuses not on high-risk people, but on high-risk places, putting entire neighborhoods under watch. Problem, reaction, solution. The solution being technology in policing, which should scare us all. RoboCop. He is OCP's newest soldier in their revolutionary crime management program. Robo, excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Ow. Stay out of trouble. What is NISPOM and how does it relate to Clear Force? NISPOM is kind of like the. So, what's creepy about these heat lists or strategic persons lists that the law enforcement are already testing out in areas like Chicago and other areas um, is that it's like they can scan a person's identity. Like say they pull someone over, they'll scan the plate, they'll scan the identity of the driver or whoever. And it's going to let the police know um, if a person is considered high risk or low risk or whatever. And that can be a scary thing. Because they actually did, they they reviewed many of these uh, algorithm programs, and they found that oftentimes many people were con were listed as high risk people that never had any former arrests or criminal issues at all. So that's a scary thing. So why are these people being flagged as high risk when you know they've never been? in trouble with the law before well it this is where you you're going to connect this will be used to connect the social credit score systems with this whole thing you, you think they aren't already scanning social media they talk about in clear force when they're doing uh they use their clear force algorithms with hr departments and especially with the intelligence community to try to like minority report predict um pre-crime they do fish into and use the social media platforms 
and you know most employers now look at people's social media to determine whether or not they're going to hire someone but imagine an algorithm system doing it and combing through things and maybe they could even comb into personal private messages we don't know or things that happened years ago that were deleted so it's a scary thing to think that these algorithms are going to be used now in a criminal justice setting and in a setting with law enforcement and think about how algorithms have been gamed against conservatives on social media and how these algorithms could be gamed gamed against political dissidents journalists or anyone that gets on the wrong side of the military industrial complex the people that are probably going to be the ones contracting the police with these algorithm programs. So it won't necessarily be the police officer's fault when they pull you over and you're scanned as a high-risk person because the algorithm told them that you're a high-risk person. But see, who's who's creating the software, right? It's probably going to be some Silicon Valley techies working for some private contractor corporations that also uh, contract out to the military. And that's a scary thing. That's something that we should not be okay with. And hey, isn't profiling again, you know, that there are laws against that. We don't want that. But see, they're going to say this is the solution to these bad racist cops that are targeting these, you know, African American men that Black Lives Matter are all angry about. Gee, you don't think all these riots and all this. These IIA operations being run on people, on left-wing people, on social media, getting them angry by showing them video after video after video and all this this stuff of um, African-Americans being targeted so that it creates the image in their mind that this is their reality. And the next thing you know, you have these, these groups like Black Lives Matter and others who, where are they getting their money and funding from? Who's organizing them, who's giving them detailed plans like Momentum and Member Sunrise Movement, which, remember, that documentary is coming out. We are going to be releasing that before the election. So you're get. I hope you're getting the whole big picture here now, realizing we're, how sophisticated this entire thing is and where they're trying to take it. And we need to figure out a way to pop out of this left right issue that we're in and we have to think of more creative ways to combat it while combating these corrupt swamp creatures and trying to get rid of them at the same time and figuring out ways to wake up our fellow americans that have been being brainwashed especially those liberals out there that are fully indoctrinated and that eat up CNN like it's, you know, candy or something. So that's just my two cents on that. Back to the film. OSHA of companies with clearances, right? So if you have an employee who has a government clearance, like secret, top secret, NISPOM regulates what's involved with that to try to maintain security with it. After 2013 Snowden, Dynology decided, hey, let's build the Clearforce app, and they started working on the Clearforce application to create predictive behavioral models so that they could scrape social media. 
Intrepid does and such. Social media scraping. Collect all the information on people. Then they tie that in with their financials, their medical, all of these things. They create these predictive behavioral models for them. In a very predictive way, the 1950s sci-fi story by Philip K. Dick, The Minority Report, has come to life in our time. Police departments have already been using it. In what are called heat lists, predictive programs designed to use risk assessment in predetermining whether or not a crime is going to occur and or who is likely to commit it. Like the dystopian artificial intelligence law enforcement referred to in Shadowgate 1. The scary thing here is, is that they've done overviews and studies of the system and they've found that oftentimes there are people that get flagged as high risk when they themselves have never even had a criminal record. Police in Santa Cruz, California are getting closer to the sci-fi future using this algorithm, a complicated math equation similar to the one that predicts earthquake aftershocks to predict crime. If you can imagine the Atlantic Council working with Facebook to put you in Facebook jail, then it's not a stretch to imagine that Clearforce could work with the police to put you in real jail. So they modify the NISPOM requirements in late 2016, requiring the same predictive behavioral requirements, the Clearforce application, which was now at that point launched as Clearforce Company, offers. The NISPOM comes out and announces these are new requirements for NISPOM. And then two weeks later, General Jones comes out with his new company and, and Michael Hayden, Obama's CIA director, come out with this new company saying, oh, hey, We've got the solution for you here. We can help you meet this compliance for a nominal fee of $1,500 a person per month. Air Force is a technology company with a mission to create safe and secure work environments for organizations through early discovery, automation, and compliant actioning of risk. What they do is they create these predictive behavioral models to determine if you're likely to steal or leak before you've ever even stolen or leaked. And this same capability is available to any business out there that wants it. The opportunity to proactively identify employees that may under various types of stress, whether it's health, financial, arrest records, social media use, all these things, and not just say, well, we, we can't do anything about that because that was outside of work or we shouldn't do anything about that because we don't want to get involved in someone's personal relationship with their boyfriend. Um, I, I think that's um, probably not a wise move. So if they can use predictive program risk assessments against individuals, would they be brazen enough to use it against a sitting president? With the new NISPOM requirements in place, conveniently with Clearforce determining who should and shouldn't get a clearance or government contract, with the Smith-Munt Act modifications, along with the Foreign Propaganda Act in place, allowing for domestic propaganda masked through misattribution as foreign propaganda, one thing was needed to take out a sitting president oversight to make sure nobody was watching. September 30th, 2016. Obama knows that within 30 days, if the NSA can't fix the overcollection problem by either dumping data or justifying having it, the FISA court will order the IG of the NSA to investigate. So what does Obama do? He writes an executive order that makes the IG of the NSA 
a presidential appointment rather than an appointment by the director of the NSA. November 30th, 2016, Obama nominates Robert Storch, who is working as deputy IG of the DOJ under Horowitz at the same time. I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. During the transition period from the Obama administration into the Trump administration. These last few changes during the 2016 election are what facilitated the leaks of classified information, including the contents of telephone calls between heads of state and laid out the path for the impeachment of President Donald Trump. Let's talk about Spirit of America. Why does their website literally look like a yearbook of all of the never Trumpers and the people that have been plotting the coup against President Trump? It does. General Stanley McChrystal is the Spirit of America. I mean, Spirit of America is a veterans-based nonprofit running ads, running commercials and such in Iraq. Are there a lot of veteran expats moving to Iraq right now? I don't think so. So they're using these organizations. If you're a legitimate veterans nonprofit operating, their company should be called Spirit of the Deep State or maybe Spirit of the. Overseas, now you're going to be looked at potentially as a spy organization or something. If we take a closer look at Spirit of America, besides being a who's who of those who would benefit from overthrowing the president through an elaborate coup d'etat, we can see that Tory Mahoney, a different Tory, is the special assistant to the CEO who plans, manages, and executes the CEO's schedule and provides research and planning support to special projects and strategic initiatives. In addition to her political fundraising experience, Tory was a field director for Senator Portman's record-breaking 2016 election campaign. Wow, what a coincidence. Portman just so happens to be the senator for my district. What's this? She also happens to be the scheduler for the House of Representatives during the same period Dynology had the government contract for the Congressional Knowledge Management System. These official documents suggest the Congressional Knowledge Management System, outsourced to a private contractor, is hosted, managed, and stored in servers in Germany. This is very disturbing. She is literally connected to everyone I likely pissed off in Shadowgate 1 and in a position to but I'm not going to go there. Notice both the Rhino Republicans and Deep State Democrats are still pushing the Russia meddling in our election narrative. Who benefits from this? NATO and those who profited from staging a civil war in Ukraine. President Trump turned his attention to the leadership at the Pentagon. He says many top military leaders don't support him because he wants to get the U.S. out of wars while they want to keep waging war, mainly to satisfy defense contractors. Biden shipped away our jobs, threw open our borders, and sent our youth to fight in these crazy endless wars. And it's one of the reasons the military, I'm not saying the military is in love with me, the soldiers are. The top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that 
all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. I didn't vote for any of these people pushing their idea of America overseas, right? I voted for President Trump. And if he says, okay, this is the message we want out, then I'm okay with that. But that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is you have these people that hate President Trump because they're trying to make money from the Department of Defense. And he's like trying to cut their their access to the money. He wants to pay to put it more into our troops and such. You have this war between them. They're constantly attacking them. They've got Biden lined up for 2020 to be able to get their little game going again. Maybe Biden's campaign ads should just say, sponsored by the military industrial complex. Beautiful, right? <laughs> I mean, because that's that's who they want, right? That's their guy. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. You believe that uh, Vice President Joe Biden would be a more effective commander in chief over the next four years? Joe, I do. I think that he would surround himself with an effective team of good people. Now with Cindy McCain, widow of Senator John McCain. Last night, she became the latest prominent Republican to Joe Biden for president. I want a president who has my back. I've always been on the opposite side of John McCain. No, I was not a fan of John McCain because he wanted the endless wars. And I didn't. I thought that the way the vets were taken care of, our great vets, was not good, not appropriate. And of course, he took the fake dirty dossier and gave it over to the FBI. The Republicans, through John McCain and his associates, disseminated the fake Russian dossier. It wasn't until the dossier appears on the scene that they were able to go and get a warrant. They point their fingers at the Democrats for colluding with the Russians. The dossier was prepared by a man named Christopher Steele, who was hired by Fusion GPS that was being paid by the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign to do opposition research against candidate Trump. Meanwhile, the Democrats pushed the narrative that the Russians hacked the DNC. The FBI learned in July of 2016 that the Trump campaign appeared to have advanced knowledge of Russia's plans to release quote, thousands of emails, end quote, to harm Hillary Clinton and help Trump. The FBI learned this one week after WikiLeaks published 20,000 emails that Russia had stolen from the Democratic National Committee's hacked computers. And that Paul Manafort, who just so happens to be John McCain's former campaign manager, gave social media data to the Russians to help Trump win the 2016 election. None of the Mueller report's findings of criminal charges rely on the Steele dossier. None of them. The so-called Russian dossier was part of a cover story, hiding the fact that the NSA overcollection problem was being used to spy on the Trump campaign candidate and now President Donald Trump, all the way up until March 15, 2020. The alleged impeachment whistleblower was actually a wiretap, hence supersonic hearing capabilities. Eric Sierra was a decoy to hide the fact that the president was being wiretapped through a 702 data over collection problem connected to the sunset clause. 
collection problem that the NSA Inspector General Robert Storch oversaw. None of this was ever supposed to be found out, but Trump won. Now with an administration in a position to piece this whole thing together. Which is why President Trump allowed the Sunset Clause of the Patriot Act, which legalized and enabled the FISA 702 collection of everyone's data, to expire on March 15th, 2020. But not before he... So... That right there is key. If you want to thank Trump for doing anything, thank him for allowing the Patriot Act to expire. The illegal spying and surveillance of American citizens to expire. I mean, that's a huge thing right there because that is part of the whole system of control and blackmail and you know, extortion that the deep state likes to utilize. If they can see, if they can spy on everyone, it it really gives them a lot of power and control. Well, at least if they can do it legally, right? With their with their FISA warrants and everything else. But that's a big deal that Trump did that. And he doesn't get enough credit for it. But that right there was sure to piss off the establishment and the deep state him doing that uh so thank you president trump for that thank you and remember trump is not pro military industrial complex he is pro military he's pro veteran he supports american soldiers but he doesn't support these contractors that want endless wars and endless profits and they themselves the contractors and these general war hawks that make money they don't even care about soldiers at all. They send them to die so that they can justify more contracts and more money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show Trump is not pro-military industrial complex. And that is why the real reason why they wanted to get rid of him. Declared a state of emergency on March 13th, 2020, where his people had access for 72 hours to all the data, including the communications of those who were plotting a coup against him. Oops. The military industrial complex, which has been running both Republican and Democrat Party campaigns, used hacks as cover for removing and replacing memorandums of understanding, backdoor deals, blackmail, election meddling software, emails, etc., from the RNC and DNC servers. This all came to a head in 2016 when an unexpected mirroring of the DNC server created a situation where domestic meddling in elections could be found out. So non-attribution and misattribution had to be used to make it look like the Russians not only hacked the DNC and RNC servers, but leaked that information to WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign to falsely claim Trump was colluding with the Russians to win the 2016 election. But when the Trump campaign turned down the honeypot trap offer from Cambridge Analytica for social media influence operations, which was a setup to make it look like the social media data 
used by Cambridge Analytica came from the Russians, the shadow government's plot to create a scenario for impeachment of President Trump failed. So when President Trump spoke with the newly elected president of Ukraine, all hell broke loose. The Atlantic Council, Spirit of America, Joe Biden, the Inspector General of the NSA, people at the State Department, USAID, Jones Group International, a handful of retired generals, and their affiliated companies were in serious trouble. So the second attempt to impeach the president was kicked off. But it failed too. Though culpable, the FBI is low-hanging fruit, and James Comey is a fall guy. If we continue down this cover story narrative, then no one will ever be held accountable. We are here again today as part of the chairman's examination of Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI's Russia investigation. Crossfire Hurricane? More like Hurricane Electric being one of the server networks in Germany, inside the European Union, used for this elaborate scheme. What uh, Millie had shown in her documentary with Patrick and uh, Tori was really a, uh, a first-class body of evidence that the President of the United States should assign a special team of prosecutors, a special inspector general to investigate and prosecute because this really is the, the uh, you know, the, the weak point where the whole house of cards of the deep state and Brennan and Obama and Holder and all of these people could come tumbling down over. You know, the only person we haven't brought up yet in this Shadowgate series is General Flynn. We have so many uh, capabilities within the coalition, particularly our human intelligence collection, I think is, uh, is actually, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the, the, the pieces, the components that helps us out quite a bit. Well, if you're going to talk about General Flynn, we have to talk about Khashoggi. So I reached out to Craig Timberg with uh, Washington Post do the story about the analogy that about a year later was when uh, Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Turkish embassy. I believed he was an IAA asset. If we talk about Khashoggi, we also have to talk about Pakistani intelligence, the Awan brothers, Covington Law Firm. In 2016, I got a job at Covington and Berlin in-house security. Our duties were to protect materials, computers, all that stuff. Eric Holder, High Value Intelligence Group. Been a part of the uh, deliberations which, which have established this uh, high value interrogation unit as part of the decisions to close Guantanamo. Brennan, CIA, Black Ops, all of that falls under that category. So how do we fix it? With the awakening. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for other military veterans, other intelligence uh, officials who, who were contractors, and also who work in the agencies to come forth and join the ranks of fellow whistleblowers and fellow American patriots. Turns out Shadowgate is going to be a trilogy. This isn't a game, people, but these people are treating this like a game. And we need to stop that. 
I hope you are enjoying the Shadowgate series. These films are made possible by you, the viewer. I don't work for any organizations, nor do I work for any news outlets. I am 100% an independent journalist, and I answer to no one except my viewers. If you would like to see more documentaries and exclusive reports, please visit my website, millennialmillie.com. You can support my work by purchasing these exciting new t-shirts, stickers, hats, and posters, or you can simply make a donation. You can also support my work by becoming a patron on my Subscribestar. You can find me at Millie Weaver on Subscribestar. Without your support, I cannot continue to provide you cutting-edge exclusive reports, documentaries, and bring you insider information, whistleblower leaks, and information that I am uniquely privileged to. It is so important that I have your support more now than ever. I promise you that I will do my due diligence and give you the real hardcore truth, no matter what it takes. You can follow me on Twitter at Millie underscore Weaver. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Millennial Millie. Subscribe to my twitch.tv slash Millennial Millie. And find me on Facebook as Millie Weaver. The future of real, honest journalism is up to you. Thank you for all of your support. All right, guys. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed Shadowgate 2. Um... I'm so excited to have brought this to you and that we released this film today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to enjoy reading through the comments and what people think about the film. So please remember to share the film. One of the ways that you can do that is you could share this feed or you could also go to my website, millennialmillie.com, which would probably the, be the best way to share it. Um, you can go to my website and share it directly via the article. So let me show you guys how to find it here. All right. So you can go to my website, millennialmillie.com. And at the very top on the homepage, you'll see Shadowgate 2.0 full movie. And you just click on the article here and there's some little dots up here and you can share post. And at that point you can share it on Facebook, Twitter, and then you can also link it to share on other social media platforms as well. So please get this movie out. It's, you know, it's up to us, the people to share this film and get it out there for everyone so that people can be awoken to this information. Um, you could also just share this feed, but I think that most people would probably prefer to just watch the film straight. Uh, but either or, you could share both. So that's one way you can find the article right there. And like I said, if you guys want to go back and watch the film, um, it's right here on my website where you can watch it uninterrupted. And if there were any latency issues or buffering issues, I do apologize. Sometimes things can get kind of bumpy with these live streams, but that's where you can watch it. Also, um, please check out the Shadowgate t-shirts that we have. They are pretty awesome. I'm very proud of them. 
Uh, they're high quality t-shirts, nice soft shirts with wonderful graphics. The graphics are really high, high quality. Um, I mean, your purchases help support our, uh, this, this project, which is to get truth out to the people. So please support my work. Here's the men's tea, men's Shadowgate tea. Here's the men's Drain the Swamp t-shirt. And it's, like I said, it's high-quality graphics right there. Women's tee. Um, there's also the, the women's Drain the Swamp t-shirt as well. So you can make a purchase there to support my work. I'd really appreciate it. Um, and I will keep you guys up to date and updated on any updates regarding... Um, the sunrise exposed documentary that will be coming out shortly. And that that's something you're not going to, going to want to miss. It is literally jam packed full of information, the live video feeds of all these crazy leftists plotting, uh, insurrection in our country, plotting to not accept the election results whatever they may be. I mean, they're, they're going to plan either. They're going to plan protests and unrest. If Trump wins, then they're also going to protest Biden. Even if Biden wins, it's going to be kind of crazy just to hold Biden's feet to the fire to make sure he enacts these communist green party policies like the green new deal. So it's going to be a wild situation, whether Trump wins or Biden wins, but definitely more wild if Trump wins. You think the protests are going to stop? No, it's only going to get crazier. So we got to get ahead of the curve and we got to out these people so that the uh, the DOJ and other oversight agencies can do something to stop these little terrorist cells that think that they can just undermine democracy and go out and riot and that think that burning down buildings is a legitimate form of protest. I mean, give me a break. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. And the rioting that we've been seeing is disgusting. These groups should not be being allowed to do this. So nonetheless, please support Shadowgate 2. And like you guys saw, that was the little teaser for Shadowgate 3. Shadowgate 3 is going to talk a lot it's going to go into Flynn and how Flynn was set up, how Flynn was targeted, um, and how he was targeted by the same people that were targeting Trump. It's going to talk about Eric Holder. It's going to talk about um, Covington and Burling, the law firm that first represented Flynn and that they were malicious and who they really are. And we have a whistleblower that actually worked at Covington and Burling as private security and had keys to the whole building and access to it all. So you guys are going to be getting some really interesting, never before heard information in Shadowgate 3. You're going to want to see it. Uh, there's no guarantees as to an exact date for the release. We're trying as fast we can, but like I said, the more support we get from you guys, the faster we can try to get things out. Um, we would like to be able to hire people and get more help in here. Obviously, you guys have been bearing with me through this feed. Um, I've kind of been running my own switcher here, if you haven't noticed, my own audio. That's why things have been a little bit bumpy, and I'm kind of new to it. So I think I've been doing a pretty decent job considering that I'm like 
talking to you guys and like running audio switchers and B-roll at the same time. But I know that there were audio issues and I gave you guys forewarning and I told you, you could always just watch it on my website. So don't get angry at me. And I'm just going to say, I am getting better over time. So as I continue with these live feeds, I will get better. But the obvious ideal situation would be to be able to hire more people and to be able to get my own audio engineers and everything else. So please, like I said, support me. Support real, true, honest journalism. And get an awesome t-shirt while you're at it. I hope you guys enjoyed the film. And if you guys have any questions, you could contact me on my website. I do read my contact forum on there oftentimes and I respond to people. So if you have any questions, you can contact me on my website, millennialmillie.com. And if you have any like suggestions, um, feel free to input them. Or if you are a whistleblower or have any privy information that you would like to come forward to, now is the time. We need you more than ever. And I promise whistleblowers that I will do my best to get your information out and even protect your identity if that is what you wish. So please contact me on my website because we need more whistleblowers to step up and get information out to the American people because it's do or die. Our country is on the line right now, guys. This is not just about, you know, us or our little situations or whatever. This is about the entire big picture. This is about our future, our children's future. Um, this is about our country, whether our country goes to establishment control with absolute techno technological tyranny that wants to control us all or if we maintain our values of you know the constitution and of rights and first amendment second amendment all of that um that is what's on the line right now so if you're a whistleblower please contact me and if not please share this information and and support us in whatever way you can even if it's just praying or if it's sharing things, commenting, whatever. Your support is much appreciated. So thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this little movie night with me and this premiere. Um, I will keep you guys updated and have a good night, guys. I always appreciate these live chats with you guys. So goodbye. <laughs> All right, guys. So what do you think? What do you think? I think it was a uh, really, uh, really well put together. We got a little bit naked there. Um, as you can see, I know all of you when we were working on Shadowgate 2 and 3, of course, because we have to put the riveting fire in the really, uh, really important details in 2. You know, you always put it in the belly of the trilogy, right? Um, it was important that we need to make sure that this message gets across. In 2010, remember, Bergie resigned because he didn't want blood on his hands. Once he left, May 2010, remember who I told you today, arrived in Pakistan unexpectedly. That's right, General Jones. And it was from May 2010 and then on that we had sudden deaths, accidents, helicopters, the whole nine yards, all of this going on. Again, they will kill you before they will relinquish power. So I hope you guys understand that. And 
the awakening is what is important. That all of you see that and understand it. Now, tomorrow for the Tori Says Show, I'm going to play the whole film. So I'll start my show an hour and a half earlier where we'll just watch the movie uninterrupted, you know, kind of with our morning for those of you that are in, um, you know, driving, uh, doing work and listening on your headphones. Uh, that'll be right there. And then uh, we'll start the show. But there were things in there that I couldn't talk about that we're going to talk about tomorrow. And the reason I didn't talk about it was because it was going to be in Shadowgate too. So it was important that you guys see it in that context. So it's on her website. I'm millennialmillie.com. And then tomorrow I'll put it on other platforms too. So we can spread it far and wide. Um, so Shadowgate 3 is going to be pretty big. We have more whistleblowers and more details. And more importantly information on a person that we all care about that we know has t has been maimed for years like he was retired and then they maimed him so um we'll get to that on that note guys um I think we should finish. You guys want to watch the funny video? I'm going to look at the chat and see. Do you guys want to finish the Caitlin Bennett video or not? Because we interrupted it for the um, for the show. I'm just going to wait and see if you guys um, want to watch it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can, we can use a bit of a laugh, right? All right. Let me get it. Let me get it. Okay. It starts with poopies. In the meantime, um, Ali Akbar, Ali Akbar, was talking about his fake Joe Biden is sick movie that is funded by the left, by the way. And you know what disappoints me the most is that even though they removed his name, his boyfriend was still on it. Um, you know, a movie that, you know, I sometimes I just wonder how they get so close to the president. And no, I don't wonder. I know. Unfortunately, I know. And um, the thing is, what people need to understand is that um, they get so close to the president because almost everyone is bought out. Almost everyone. Here we go with the Caitlin Bennett one. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, we're going to be taking a look into Caitlin Bennett, also known as the Poopy Princess. And we're also going to be taking a look into her media outlet, Liberty Hangout, which is not this backdoor bukkake that you see on the screen. Remember, if you like this video, please leave a like, subscribe, and please comment, because I really want to know what kind of shitty comments you guys are going to have about this. And remember, if you hit that dislike button, then you must like poop as well. Bad dog, now we gotta wipe that up. Introducing the new t-shirt from ThoughtCriminal.video, Caitlin's Compost. This is a real t-shirt being sold for only $24.75. And sure, you're probably asking yourself if this is a joke, but no, it's the real deal. We're gonna take her face and put it on a t-shirt and let her know that she shit herself. Will I be sued over this t-shirt? That's unknown right now. So hurry and buy yours today before the judge orders it to be taken out of the store. ThoughtCriminal.video, it ain't liberty that's hanging out. So one thing that you really want to do is go to Twitter and type in Caitlin Bennett poop shit Kent State. And then it'll pop up some results of people actually talking about the incident when she was in college. But the problem is, is that I don't think she really shit herself because that is a lot of shit. 
Not only that, but this is actually proven to be a really good mystery, a lot better than looking into Jimmy Hoffa, which in this case, I think I'll choose the Caitlin Bennett poop story. This is quite the rabbit hole, no pun intended. I mean, it really begs the question, how can you live with this reputation just knowing the fact that you would shit yourself Uh before you let people shit on you? In a way, I do kind of feel bad for Caitlin Bennett just knowing that either someone shat on her or she shit herself. But still, at the same time, we know where the toilet is and what kind of business is done in there. And after watching this Twitter cat fight between Millie Weaver and Caitlin Bennett's husband or boyfriend or mistress or whoever the hell it became apparent who the queen of the latrine was the part of this tweet that was absolutely amazing was this part i promoted her defended her hooked them up with a six-figure dream job damn i'd kill for that and yet they still backstabbed me she worked at applebee's and he was jobless and if that turns out to be true that just shows how extremely petty caitlin really is but you know i'm not taking any sides we'll just see what pans out of this whole thing but then again congratulations to caitlin bennett for making a six-figure salary now she could buy herself some damn toilet paper well let's stop talking about the commander of the commode for a second we still need to figure out where liberty is hanging out at welcome to the porta potty i, I mean the home of Caitlin Bennett and Liberty Hangout. This fart fort of a website has a lot of videos in it. And I'm kind of curious. I wonder if her store sells toilet paper. And when I look through her store, there is no toilet paper. But hey, there's a coffee cup that maybe I could take a shit in and send to the doctor. I also find it strange that her website is actually saying Liberty Hangout tea when it's a coffee cup. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't know how to update a website. Speaking of websites, please visit thoughtcriminal.video and you will find the fake MAGA page underneath Deep Thoughts and it will have all the photographic evidence that you'll need just to throw it in her face and drive her crazy. Now, Kaylin came out with a video that's about 22 minutes long and granted, I'm not going to play the whole entire thing because then we'll be here forever watching her just yammer on. But what I will do is actually show the parts of the video that I found pretty interesting and pretty contradictory of what she really stands for. Now, I'm an asshole, but I'm a fair asshole at that. So if Millie screwed up, I would actually be making a biography on her as well. But so far, I haven't found much. Besides, it's Caitlin's time to shine, much like a trucker's restroom at a pit stop. And without any further ado, let's get into this masterpiece of shit. I'm very concerned for my friend, Millie Weaver, and I think she's surrounding herself with some really bad influences okay hold up current alert i love that you're just going out of your way to actually make yourself look good in this video however on twitter you look like a pile of shit for saying what you said not only that but i could spot fakeness from a mile away and obviously caitlin bennett doesn't really give a shit she's all about that fame anything to prevent yourself from working in an applebee's bathroom again right kate I want you guys to understand that this video is coming from a place of love and concern for someone I have spent a lot of time around. Okay, this is exactly why I said we're going to just take a second and actually go through the interesting parts because I wanted to show you guys that I am being fair and balanced, but I don't have time for bullshit. I want to talk to you guys about that documentary. It's a film called Shadowgate and conservatives have been blowing up this documentary because they think she was arrested over it. But what the people sharing this documentary don't know is that it has some very interesting people listed as whistleblowers. And these whistleblowers don't just think Barack Obama and the Democrats are running a shadow government, but they think many of the right-wingers you look up to and love are all deep state federal agents. Okay, I thought we were fighting for the freedom of thought here, not, oh, this guy said this, so you must vilify him and hate him. Am I the only one here that actually notices this type of stuff to where the left doesn't let you think what you want, now the right is saying you can't think what you want? 
I mean, these people literally serve their country and you're trashing them for saying what's on their mind. I mean, sure, I guess there is a war on your mind, isn't there? And for the record, I am just a YouTuber. I'm not a federal agent. And if I were, I'd be doing a pretty bad job at it. Okay, uh, about that. With your whole entire content, um, no. For a woman that doesn't know the difference between her pants and the bathroom, I can't exactly trust your judgment when it comes to your content. I mean, the music in the background is a very good testament to this because music actually drives the video like this. You're trying to convince people that these people are evil so you play this music. Actually, matter of fact, I'm going to switch the track up on you. So before believing anyone in Millie's documentary and sharing it around as if it's fact, it would probably be important to find out who Millie interviewed to establish their credibility. Uh, does that music fit a lot better? Can you make it a little bit more dramatic and a little horrifying? Different opinions, they are scary. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of opinions, sometimes when you're just ordering stuff, you just have to take a look at the shittiest freaking reviews ever just so you know what you're going to be dealing with. Some of them, yeah, sure are hateful. But then again, some of them are very honest, such as this. The ink on the shirt looks like a cheap quality. Was not happy with the product. Another one says, my purchase was never delivered. I received an email that time. Did not permit for it to be delivered refund please another one says not thick enough for the price another one says never received my product i almost got here when it was sent back when it was two towns away fairly upset and then another one says i wouldn't know the quality size fit etc since i have yet to receive my order by the way when should i expect my order the label was created on august the first well as dave Chappelle says modern problems require modern solutions Bet you would have never guessed that the modern solution to this issue with the shipping is actually right on her website. It's called anarcho-capitalism, which means that the entire societal structure would be based on free markets, which also means that her business would actually have competition. And if she's sucking at the competition, her business would actually be phased out naturally. You know, you're not saying you don't care because you know it's a silly argument to say bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat isn't life on Earth. Wait a minute. Where have I heard that line before? Talk about abortion. Sorry, tell me how this works. Bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat isn't life on Earth. Weird. So Caitlin Bennett is pretty much plagiarizing different people like Tom McDonald. One really has to ask themselves, is this a normal part of her work to be plagiarizing people? Which I'm not going to lie. I really do think that she is actually involved in plagiarism because she just can't come up with her own shit. Not only that, but that's not even the worst thing that she's done. This one video clip that has recently resurfaced on the internet actually shows how bad the whole situation really is with Caitlin. That she'll do whatever it takes to get her clips to go viral. And it's such a bad look on her that she's actually been trying to copyright strike everybody just to get it taken down. Yeah, I know. That sounds crazy. Caitlin Bennett, the person fighting for free speech, is actually copyright striking people's accounts through DMCAs. Which, here's the thing. I'm not a very big fan of Caitlin, so screw her. I don't really care. Here's the video clip. Hi. Do you know what the number one cause of death in the United States is? It's abortion. There's obviously a difference between trying to raise awareness on a specific topic and bringing up a topic to a child that's not even supposed to be talked about to children because it's not meant for children because children don't understand it. I mean, can you imagine if some liberal came up and asked your child, you want to know what the number one cause of death of children are? It's the AR-15 in schools, mass shootings. Now, before you give me some shitty comments about guns in America and shit saying that I'm anti-gun, believe me, I'm not anti-gun. I'm actually pro-gun. 
I just think her tactic towards this whole thing is completely stupid. It makes her look retarded because she is retarded. And speaking of retarded, I completely forgot about the poop picture, which she also tries to bury because it doesn't make her look good. Did she crap herself or did she let people crap on her, which is what the backdoor bukkake is? The answer, I believe, is that she let people crap on her because there's a piece of poop on top of her dress and it doesn't defy gravity like that. It doesn't fly up in the air and just land on her. I mean, unless she's got projectile shit going on. And here's the thing. I know all the people are out there. They're going to be upset about what I said about Caitlin Bennett. But here's the thing. There's a difference between Trump supporters and her. She's a professional provocateur. She goes to these colleges and then she just shits up a storm and gets everybody all upset and gets everybody to fight with her, which ultimately doesn't make anybody look good on their side. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even want to be around her at all. She's actually going to end up getting somebody killed. But hey, you'll be recorded just for views on her own website. So that's pretty much it for today. If you like this video, please leave a like. Please subscribe. Please comment. And please visit thoughtcriminal.video. And I've actually opened up the website a lot more to the Mockingbird Media Hunt page, which has everybody in it. And so to everybody, have a good night. And Caitlin Bennett, get yourself some Depends because clearly you need them. <laughs> All right. So I like his videos, not because it's trashing Caitlin Bennett, but it trashes almost everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got some really good skills on the way he does it. For me, that's a, you know, I, I, I feel I'm, I'm comfortable in talking. I mean, a lot of you, a lot of you out there, you know, people were sending me this Joe Biden is sick and it was like, stop. Remember what Millie explain to you i've been explaining how they create the illusion of these two opposition sides he's trying to get the trump campaign to jump on the wagon that he's sick and has this my listeners know exactly what's up with joe we know that he you know is deteriorated in health we know this and we all know why too uh but regardless he's trying to create a narrative so that way that narrative gets picked up and then you get squashed for it you see and this was all paid for by <laughs> probably one of those big pockets at Lincoln Project. And unfortunately, even those that seem to be pro-Trump are linked to the Lincoln Project. Um, and I was really sad because, you know, I knew about it. And obviously, because of the controversy, uh, Tiny Dancer picked up. They didn't put his name in the credits. But, you know, he's in the contract. <laughs> so it's like, it's so weird. You guys, I'm just saying it's so weird. His boyfriend was put in it. Um, you know, Andrew, what is that guy? Bostick, right? Ooh, I'm going to shut up you and your daddy's money with your Republican rhino ways can sit over there. Trump's in the steering wheel right now. And all hands are on deck and guess whose hands those are that's our hands our hands we the people have control of the country you have to understand that tomorrow is going to be a pretty busy busy day i said 15 through 17th are you ready for it 15 through 17 are you ready for it and i hinted and i hope because i brought awareness to this and i and i want to share it i want to share it um it didn't get enough visibility it has to let me share you my tweet because you want to hear, you want to know how they do these false flags. You see this? This is Cap Metro app. That's what runs all the public transit for guess what? Austin, Texas. <laughs> I, I central. You know what I'm saying? So here we have a 
Chinese company that has unfettered access, unfettered access to our public transportation systems in Austin, Texas. So if you expect something to happen, shit's going to happen in Austin pretty easy. Chinese got full access to it. So that's the thing that we have to be focused on is the next two days. It's going to be pretty, pretty tight. And if you see this tweet, retweet the shit out of it because bite mark is Chinese and they're running the logistics of cap Metro in Austin, Texas. And um, by the way, we funded China. <laughs> so we need to find out who allowed to fund that. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be in love with. I'm already freaking tightrope walking. You guys have no idea. Um, because if I just open my mouth and put out more, it would be indeed a problem. But I did see that someone caught something that I had said. Super caught me. Super caught me. Someone's really um, astute. Hold on. I think I retweeted it. I'm pretty sure I did. But I posted so many things. Let me see. I tweet like crazy. Hold on. This one. So John B. Vigilant. If you're not following him, he shares some pretty good content. Looks like he's so cute and he's so spiritual. And um, I like his dog pictures. Um, so here he says, he retweets a tweet of mine from last month. We have to join forces and strike them at primary center gravity like a falcon. Alan Parrott has released the film Feathered Cocaine. You know what that's about, right? The Falconer. So, um, you know, people are, you know, starting to see, you know, how and how big, think about it. Just think about how big the team is. Um, another question that I've gotten a lot, and I'm going to, I'm going to see, um, um, he actually tweeted out too, didn't he? I'm trying to find it. Um, he had tweeted it out and I responded to him, but maybe, maybe I'll find it. Um, oh, this is like my favorite pictures. That's what's up. This is how we should all be guys. This is the way humans should be interacting united we are unstoppable we and that is the prime definition of no man left behind oh my gosh I, this is like one of my favorite pieces where is it he said something about uh, the group entheos another white hat group um what did he say um he asked the question, he asked the question and I answered it. He said, her info is vital to coming arrests and to justice and many MAGA Patriot nons still haven't watched Shadowgate. What don't people get? Why do they hate the truth? And that's because it was, you know, I was recruited way before I joined the Navy. And the fact is, I don't fit anybody's mold. I'm, I'm a girl, right? Um, and I know I'm not pulling the sexist card. It's, Legit, you, women do have balls, but there's, you know, <laughs> some of them don't collect them like I do quietly. But uh, I was always a fly on many walls. And um, 
you know, just like Patrick Berge said, it was the HR person that like totally emptied our budget. Like what is HR doing with, you know, the engineering portion of it in the comm section, right? Project that I was part of, um, one of them was called Center Lane. You guys can go digging on that. Um, and um, it was it was after first program, and um, and I was young then, and um, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of people, and you know, I'm victim of it. We all have egos, right? A lot of people um, have egos themselves. And what's funny is, is that they like, oh, look at me. I have all these followers and I'm so brilliant. And, uh, you know, you need to follow me and I know best. And it's like, bitch, the only reason you have a lot of followers is you because you take my shit, my posts, whatever you want to call them and analyze them. I mean, I'm sorry. Why do you have an ego like that? I just I'm just saying, OK, I'm just saying painting nail emoji. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. Wow. We've, we've been on for like a while. We watched double feature. I actually ate a ham and cheese sandwich in the meantime and, um, <laughs> juggled a lot. So tomorrow guys, um, go to bed, relax and, um, just, um, pray. Yeah. Shadowgate 3 is going to give you all the answers because right now, whatever you know about Flynn and Khashoggi is kind of, but not really. Um, as you understood from today where we were talking about Pakistan, there were a lot of things that you weren't told correctly. See, if someone told you the story the right way, you would have known what happened with Osama bin Laden, right? I hope that brought some into focus. So um, lots happening, 20 days. And um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. As I said, uh, I'll start the show at 1030. So we watch the whole movie uninterrupted and then we'll kick off the Tory Says show. Have a little bit of discussion from that if, if there are any questions and we'll head straight to the news. Hopefully um, there's mitigation in place. God bless everyone. Um, I think we should listen to a song. Um, what song should we listen to? I'm trying to think. Because this isn't going on YouTube, so um, so whatever I want. Um, what? But um, on that note, guys, God bless. Uh, tomorrow, I mean, you'll see. Um, you know, I told you that already. Buckle up, because uh, you know, after today is the fifteenth, and we already talked about that. I told you that before, but you know. I tell you that through many modes and means and gosh, pray. God bless everyone. Oh, right. We were going for music. I totally forgot. Should put music on. Hold on. And there is no um, YouTube band thing. You know what I feel like? Um, no, that'll even get me done on freaking Twitter. They mute shit too. I know what I want to listen to. One of my favorites. Man, I am trying to get this guy on my show. All I want to do is do a show with this guy. Seriously. He's on YouTube. He likes Pokemon, but he's so blunt. Come on, where is he? Ryan Upchurch. I'm like a total freaking fan. And um, what we'll do is we'll um, watch... Um, one of his videos. Oh, where is it? 
damn it. That's not the one that I want. Um, hmm. It says music videos, full playlist. That one. I love this one. And I'll show it as well. Um, here we go. I love his songs. I'm like a super fan. If you're not following this guy, if you're at nighttime and you want to go to bed, but you want to laugh, you watch one of his videos for real. Back. 